Hey, today's episode is brought to you by Studio Sweden. Yeah, we're doing that now. This is, this is a thing. Studio Sweden, a lifestyle brand that makes premium headphones with studio quality sound and a classic Scandinavian design. You know, I was just talking to Jake the other day about why don't other headphones have a classic Scandinavian design. And uh, it was a head-scratcher. Couldn't, uh, we, we, we couldn't figure it out why it hadn't been done. These guys here at Studio, they've done it. They've cracked that Scandinavian design when it comes to headphones. All right, so uh, head on out to studiosweden.com or just uh, check out the uh, link in our show notes. And use, remember to use the code POPCULTURE15 for 15% off your next pair of headphones from Studio Sweden. Episode 203. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a walk rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture. Leftover. And you're the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're the, we're the leftovers. leftovers. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> what was that shit? And we're the leftovers. What was that crap? I got real serious yeah, that time. Yeah, I didn't like that because I was gonna go a little bit like more upbeat, and you were all like fucking like uh, Ted Koppel or some shit. <laughs> and we're the leftovers. And tonight, we're the leftovers. This is the news. Yeah. Oh, Frank, yeah, stop hammer time. Do it, whatever. I did already. Oh, did stop. you? Hammer time. Yeah. I talked over it. Oh, good. You should do that more often. I, I know. <laughs> Remember when I hold on? You guys can't hear it, but you're yeah, the listeners they can hear it. You guys remember when I used to play this? Stop hammer time! I just played the stop hammer time. Yeah, remember that? Oh, nice. Yeah, Frank, could you speak up a little bit? What are you doing? <laughs> I got my fucking face right on this thing. Well, we'll turn it up. What thing? Not the mic. The mic. Okay. What, what? Where do you? Where do you? Where do you get your mics at? Generic, generic Amazon? John's mics. Like where do you? What, what fly by night mic company do you fucking go to? <laughs> oh Generally my god! Boom mics from old porn sets. I think you, you, you just you find the worst place to record ever in the world. <laughs> it's, it's it's ridiculous. If we I got had Frank a cat in the litter box, live I'd from the echo it. chamber. Well, uh, you guys are talking over each other. This just—I don't—I don't like this one. I don't like it. We're done. Uh, yeah, episode two hundred three, and just like all good leftovers, saying they're doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Maybe we can get our shit correct. Yeah, bye, guys. Got fucking 
Frank talking in an empty grain silo or whatever <laughs> fuck is going on over there. Memories <laughs> from getting microphones in the mail from some third world country. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Gotta get some Jimmy John's delivered on air. Hey, guess what, guys? I gave all my money to a Nigerian prince and I got these awesome mics. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow, maybe it'll maybe it'll sound not as bad when for the listeners. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Frank <laughs> doesn't talk that much anyway these days. It seems like I don't know. It's, it's a little weird on Skype for me because you guys get going and I just get listening. You guys were so chatty just a second before. What? What? <laughs> what? Huh? Are Jake, is it, is your internet, is, is it your internet? What's going on with you? No, I'm fine. What's wrong with my internet? No, no, it's like you guys are talking over each other for so long, and then all of a sudden it's just like this dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you guys aren't supposed to be talking over, you know, talking at the same time, you are, and then, and then there's nothing. Yeah, we have that natural talent to make it like that. It's ridiculous. Hey, so, and what's up with? Hold on, hold on. What's up with uh, this? What's up with Frank showing up on time and you not? I, I didn't know. I didn't know we were supposed to be here at five on the dot. I told you. Oh, oh, oh come on. All right. So <laughs> hold on, hold on. So you're like you make you make you make like uh, plans with a friend, some a group of friends. You're like, hey, let's meet up at uh, you know the bar at five o'clock. Uh, five o'clock rolls around. Are you fucking like two blocks down the road sitting under a fucking lamppost? No, you're in the yeah, fucking bar waiting for him. If I say five, we're on at five. I thought we said five to six. We never, we never defined which we were really. Oh doing, bullshit! So I never really knew. No, I said five. At least I. I said uh-huh. at least uh-huh. I told Frank five. We. Uh, yeah, you told Frank five, but you didn't tell me five. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, you know. All right, hold on. I'm. I got to I'll check. You know, fuck it. I'll maybe I'll try to correction Tuesday later. I'll look at the text later. I got time for that shit right now. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to. I'm trying to fact check it right now. Oh, I bet you are. I bet you are. <laughs> I am. I am. But I'm not seeing it. When did we talk about that? Yeah. We were talking about a lot of nonsense, so it's hard to find it in here. You keep listening. I'm going to thank some people here. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I, I will. Talking over a guy. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I found it. I found, found it. it. Oh, God. You say, okay, I'll see if Frank wants to go at five, if not six. And I said, Frank asked me, and I said, probably. Oh, you're five, excited. Six, Hold on. I can already tell. I can already tell by the fucking, the giddy, the yeah. giddy tone in your goddamn voice that you're right. All right, Jake? <laughs> you're a big, big fucking winner, Jake. <laughs> you won. Timegate. You won Timegate. Timegate? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can, all, you can already tell. Jake gets so giddy. Oh, man. And I'm trending on Twitter. That's amazing. Yeah, big fucking winner. No proof. Big fucking winner. All right. I, I, okay. Yeah. Jake, you know what? Just show up whenever the fuck you want. All right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Show Thank up you. whenever the fuck you want to. And, yeah, we'll do it your way. All right? And, uh, it's like yeah, Burger King up in here. Make sure we get this asshole all the green Skittles in the fucking world, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm disappointed I was later than Frank too. That part does that part does rub me the wrong way. You show up late. Frank sounds like shit. I mean, <laughs> but I'm the asshole. All right. 
<laughs> All right, guys. I want, I want to thank a few of uh, some new new patreons, some new Patreon right. patrons. Uh, Jamal Salim, uh, Hanan Alsurhan, uh, James Hop. Thank you guys so much. Uh, to be quite honest with you, it's it's only a dollar, guys. Uh, if you know, as low as a dollar, you can donate. If you think the show's worth four fucking quarters, ten dimes, twenty nickels, I don't give a shit. Just uh, donate, and that's cool. So thank you so much to our new uh, Patreon patrons. Yeah, we always super appreciate it. Now, I want to get into iTunes reviews. Let me see. Yeah, I'm, what do you, what, Frank? You sound like crap. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it, man. God. Sit in the same chair I do every week. Jesus. I think, no, what was that movie where the girl got lost in the cave? What was that thing called? Uh, Descent? Yeah. The Descent? Yeah. <laughs> You're calling from the Descent the cave. Yeah. God, Brent, you sound like shit. Um, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> That'll shut him up. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. I hate this episode fucking sucks already. <laughs> Not a fan. All right. It's well, it's unorganized, and it's just all over the goddamn place. Um, let's see here. Yeah, iTunes reviews. <laughs> it's one star five. We don't give a fuck because we really love to hear just how much we suck. Guys, you're too much, and your host is a jerk. I'm an opinionated asshole whose dick don't work. All right, uh, iTunes reviews. You know what? You know what's weird about this? These these next what's that? these next two iTunes reviews is they both like kind of like in a way. One in a roundabout kind of like sly way promotes his own podcast, and then the other one promotes his outright promotes it. Just says, oh, boom. Yeah, I always hate when they do that. So here we go. Uh, first one, uh, it's titled A Breath of Fresh Air. It's by, and they can't help it. This, I guess this is their iTunes review name, so they really can't help it. You know what I mean? It's, uh, sure. It's, oh, thanks. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> no, I, no, I love the constant reminder that you sound like shit. <laughs> it's from, uh, Is It Over Yet podcast. Um, we're afraid that we want it. But we're happy to have it. Thanks for killing countless hours. Uh, thanks for count. Uh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. thanks for killing my fucking iTunes review. You fucking tongue twisted fuck. <laughs> thanks for killing countless work shifts for us. So that's from uh, Is It Over Yet podcast. Five star. Thank you very much. A review left by Is It Over podcast. No, Is It Over Yet podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me make sure I plug it. Correctly. Correctly. There you go. Uh. <laughs> uh, the next one is uh, from Val Cisco. It's a five star, and it's titled "Thanks for Inspiring Me." And he puts, "Hey guy," so not guys. Hey guy. I like that. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, it's just one of us. Yeah. Hey guy, I just want to say thank you for the years of entertainment each week, because of your show's format as well as its brutal honesty for all things pop culture. The Leftovers have inspired me to create my own solo podcast on bumpers called The Sidecast and creating a group podcast called The Side Room Podcast. I'm starting slow. Wow, that sounds like the most original podcast I've ever heard of. 
Now you're not. Now you're not going to five star reviewer. <laughs> Is that what it, you didn't care what it was called. You were gonna. You were gonna say shit anyway, weren't you, Jake? I heard what it was called. It's called the Sidecast. Yeah, this, the, the fucking the, the the podcast could have been called "I Love Jake and Wrestling and Funkos Are Awesome," and you still would have talked shit on it. I don't know. At least, at least that's not been done to death yet. <laughs> you uh, so you so you you're you're current on how many podcasts are called the Sidecast? No, no. I was just I was just making a little fun. I make a little joke. Well, keep them to yourself. <laughs> 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 All right, I'll hit, I'll hit my mute button. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I, yeah, you kind of got me in a corner there, Jake, and I didn't know what to say. All right, he goes, uh, I'm starting slow, but as a single father with all the work I do in my life, you guys really keep my head up and get me going through the day. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Hey, Jake, we, if we've inspired somebody, that makes me feel good, right? Yeah, I feel better. You now. just now wait, no, better. you would just wish that we would have inspired him to give his podcast a better name. Apparently, right? Yes, yes. Right. Uh, you're like, oh fuck us if we're the muse that gave you that fucking name. <laughs> oh no, the sidecast. Oh jeez. Oh no. Well, Jake pushing it to the side. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Call it the side bitch podcast. The side bitch. I was just thinking that. <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah, the side Pop bitch. Pop culture leftovers, you know, that's the one you're married to, and then you got the you got, side bitch Then podcast. you got your side bitch podcast. I like that, too. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, you can fucking, you can fake out iTunes to let them, you know, think that it's about uh, female dogs. <laughs> <laughs> From side chicks to side chicks. Yeah. I don't know. That's that is pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, so check out the sidecast on bumpers and then the side room podcast. I don't I don't even know if he's got an episode up yet, but I wish you the best of luck. And uh Val Cisco, if you have any questions about podcasting, if you need any help, uh hit me up with an email, Brian at popcultureleftovers.com. I'm always happy to help new podcasters. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Yeah, so check this. I wanted to tell a quick story about, uh, I was, I was working. And when I work, you know, like, you, I meet different people all the time. And so, like, when I first meet them and they tell me their name, if I don't say their name constantly, I forget their name. Oh, I'm terrible like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, later on, I had to write down the customer's name. And, um, I tried to be slick about it. And I said, uh. So, uh, you know, so, like different names have different spellings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I thought there's a 50-50 chance that I can ask the spelling of this guy's name, and he'll just spell it out. I'll be good. Oh, no. You no, because even like normal names, like John, sometimes have an H, sometimes they don't, right? Yeah, Sean, yeah. Sean. Yeah. can be all over the place. So I kind said... kind of fucked, though, if his name was Bob. So I said... Um, so how do you spell okay, so so how do you spell your name? And he just looks at me and he goes, Brad. <laughs> and I was like, Oh <laughs> Is that with two D's? No, I didn't say that, but yeah. That would have been a good cover. Yeah, I felt like a fucking idiot. Anyway, uh yeah, that's my fun little story for the week that I just wanted to share. I just thought that was a share worthy story. No, yeah, I like it. I like it. I, I've had the same thing happen to me this week. We just 
got a new employee that works at my department. And the second day, I ran upstairs to look on the schedule to see what his name was. Yeah. So, I hear you. Yeah. You just, you know, I mean, yeah, you first, somebody, somebody tells you their fucking name, and if it's like, you know, like Kevin or Todd, yeah. you forget, you know? And even if it, I don't know, you just forget those names. Those are easily forgettable. So you don't know if, like, going back, like, you know, if it's been 20 minutes and they, they, they told you their name and you just blocked it out, who knows? So do you, you applaud the unique names then? I don't know. Sometimes I forget those too. You know, I forget those too. It just, yeah. I, I remember, I, you know, like when, I co- when it comes back later, if I did forget it, now it's even fucking harder to, like, guess because their name was fucked up to begin with. <laughs> yeah, you can't just go back to an old standard, like right. a Jim or a Bob or right. whatever. Right. Uh. You know, maybe yeah. I could be like, "Hey, so you have a unique name. What's the what's the story behind your unique fucked up name?" <laughs> it's a good icebreaker. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right. what what do you got? So show two runner? five star, two five star reviews, huh? Yeah, two five stars. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah. yeah, that's math, Jake. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Ah, is that all you had? You good? You good? Yeah, yeah. I don't have any ideas. All right. Let's let's push forward. Um, I got an email here from uh, Anthony, and he says, "Hey, leftovers, long time listener, first time mailer. Just wanted to say how happy I was to hear you call out racism with that crazy canoe comment last week." You guys aren't afraid to say some pretty dodgy shit. So when you make a stand, it really sends a message. So he he went on to send me a link about the, uh, we talked about the Karate Kid last week. He sent me a link. And I did watch the link, and it was pretty funny. And I've heard that take on the story before. It's the take that uh, Daniel is actually the villain of the movie. So Oh, that's interesting. Oh, you got to see this video then. I'll send it to you. It's really funny. It's only like four minutes long. So anyway, but Anthony sent me that email. Now... I got a follow-up to that iTunes review. It was an iTunes review, and it comes from Blake. And Blake wrote the iTunes review, and he wanted to, like, you know, he wanted to correct himself. He wanted to uh, let it – he wanted to tell us, like, what was up with his iTunes review. Yeah, we made some pretty harsh accusations. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He goes, just in case you guys, guys needed a visual for an L.A. Jew canoe, and he sent me a picture of one. He says, also, my review isn't intended as racist, being a Jew myself, just having fun. And then I got the uh, canoe emoji. You guys rock, and it comes from Blake. So Blake is not a racist unless he hates himself. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he does. doesn't sound like he does. So, yeah. So, all right. Yeah. He gets a pass, I guess. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, uh... You know, I, I I didn't even know if I wanted to read that one, Jake, because I know you're part Jewish. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I got thick skin. Yeah, I know you do. That's why I read it. <laughs> Plus, I wanted to see you squirm a little bit. No, I'm kidding with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I flinched. Yeah, I think your internet's a little worse, Jake. Oh, really? I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying. I don't know if there's a. Is there a delay on your end? Or are you good? No, I hear everything right away. All right, cool. It's probably just no worse than usual, then. Yeah, it's probably the same. We got it. We got a new segment, Jake. I'm excited. Yeah, we're gonna get the advertised content, whatever the fuck that advertised content is. And the advertised content this week is not Kingsman. 
<laughs> Every other podcast out there is going to have their little Kingsman review, talking about Kingsman yeah. Two, Kingsman Two, the 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 Golden Circle jerk or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> it does, and messy. Sounds like just a bunch of guys pissing on each other. That's what, exactly what I thought. Um, oh, I did yes. not go see that. Oh, neither did I, dude. I didn't see it. I didn't really, you know, like the first one was okay, right? It was okay. It was all right. I wasn't yeah, a huge yeah. fan. I mean, it was a tasted. That's what I rated it. It was okay. Yeah, I was, I was right there with you, and I haven't revisited it since. So, uh, eh. yeah. And and then like I couldn't help but see, like I didn't read any detailed reviews of the new movie, but I couldn't help but see the blurbs, and the blurbs weren't coming in like saying I need to rush out and see this thing. So I kind of didn't. Yeah, it was a. Uh... It was a, what was it, a 54% last time I checked Rotten Tomatoes? But that was like, you know, a couple of days after it came. I'm sure it's different now. Who knows? Who cares? But probably not going to be a review in The Kingsman. So listen to the 300 other podcasts that review it. All right? <laughs> Maybe it's a project the Sidecast can get on. Get on it, Sidecast. Damn, Frank, jumping on the uh, Sidecast hating train with me. Who's that really? No. They need something to do. He gave him a suggestion, oh, Jake. <laughs> Jesus, Jake! Jake just thinks everybody hates everything, and if they and if they don't, Jake just wants to hate it. Fifty-one <laughs> percent is where they're still at. No, no, I just uh, I thought that's what we were talking about, you know, because we, we don't want them to be like the hundred and twenty-first Kingsman podcast. Well, how, you know, yeah, yeah. Is that are you really looking out for him, Jake? Is that what you're doing? Because it, no. it sounds like it's, it sounds like yeah, you've been big brother to this podcast the entire time. <laughs> yeah, Jake, Jake, Jake just yeah. Jake just walking hand in hand with this new podcast. Uh, I've listened uh, to every board meeting. Yeah, I hate your fucking name. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You, the last person that any company or anybody, any TV show or studio wants in their fucking focus group is Jake Elliott. Aw, that's mean. Oh, no, 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 no. I would love to be in a focus group. Oh, I know you would. And that's, <laughs> you would want to be the focus of that focus group. No. no. Yeah, yeah, you would, no, I know you. You would get in that room and there would be so many fucking, uh, so many, I don't know, minds that you could sculpt and like twist. Cause like somebody would say like, yeah, I like that. And then Jake would be like, I didn't. And here's why. And then by the no, by the end of the focus group, you have a bunch of fucking like cynical people leaving there and hating everything about the presentation, no matter what it was. Yeah, that sounds pretty great. It sounds pretty accurate. You would love that. You love you love swaying people over to your way of thinking. I do, I do. I can't help myself. Yeah. Anyway. I can't help. Yeah. Um we got a new segment. It's called Podcast of the Week. Podcast of the Week. Here's the, uh, the unveiling of the new bumper, Jake. <laughs> Here we go. Podcast of the Week. Yo. So you got yourself a podcast, but nobody fucking listens. PC gal's about to tell you what you bitches are fucking missing. Back in the 80s, there was a wrestler. I ain't shit. But that's got nothing to do with the Podcast of the Week. All right, podcast of the week. This week, starting out with a podcast that I was just recently on. 
started uh, uh, it's Starkcast with uh, Joe Stark. Are oh, nice! Kidding? I love Joe Stark. Yeah, so uh, uh, Starkcast is basically just kind of like a uh, a free form conversation style podcast where he has different guests on each week, and they talk about anything and everything, and it's fantastic. I mean, you know, I know everybody out there likes to listen to their Joe Rogans and their Mark Marins. And, uh, you know, oh, who, who's he talking to now? What'd they do? You know, but like Joe, Joe is just talking to, you know, salt of the earth motherfuckers, real people. You know, he had, uh, Paul Hart on there, who's a teacher. And if you don't, if you, if you haven't listened to that one, and if you do listen to that one, you don't tear up. You're a piece of shit. It's great. It's a, it was a great episode. And, uh, he had this dude, Skyler, on there who had been walking, you know, across the United States and talked about like his uh, experiences and like where he stopped and the people he met. And that was fascinating. He said like, what he, he had like, uh, he had like physicists or some shit on there before. I mean, he, you know, and then he had me on. So. It's awesome. Yeah. So definitely it's a fantastic podcast. It is. I had a great time talking with him and I'm going to, I'm going to be back on. It's, it was so much fun. And, uh, so yeah, check out uh, check out Startcast. Subscribe. Don't just don't just listen to my episode. Subscribe. Go back and listen to the full catalog, and then stay subscribed. Don't want to be don't be one of those little cunts that just subscribe and you know unsubscribe. He's not going to bog it down. Go ahead. A podcast cherry picker. Yeah, don't be one of those little bitches. <laughs> you know, don't yeah. Yeah. Don't don't let Startcast be your side bitch podcast. <laughs> Anyway. Put a ring on that bitch. Yeah, put a ring on Starkcast. Yeah, right. listen to the like about the first forty minutes of uh, the Starkcast with you on it. Yeah, and um, I, I I stopped on purpose because you started talking about what we were going to talk about a little bit on this, and I didn't want to hear any of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. All but right. I, I yeah. will get back to it. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, just uh, just to let you know, download Starkcast, um, subscribe. Uh, Startcast is going to start doing group shows as well as one-on-ones. So if anybody wants to be on an episode of Startcast, just contact Joe on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja. You can email him startcastpod at gmail.com or on Facebook Startcast Facebook page or also through the Leftover Army page. So, um, and he, he, he wants you to know if you like the show, please leave an iTunes review. Remember when we were doing that, Jake, asking for iTunes reviews? Yeah, yeah, we still do that every now and again, right? Yeah, once a year maybe, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't really beg for them. We do the iTunes segment, which is a nice reminder. Oh, I know, and then when they, and they, they start talking about their podcast, you shit on them. <laughs> 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 It's not the forum. That's not the forum for them to talk about their podcast. I know. I know. Send us an email. <laughs> yeah, but this is the Startcast is the Pop Culture Leftovers Podcast of the Week. Subscribe. Next week we'll have a new one. But uh, we're going to get into uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop. But first, I'm going to take a fucking break. There you go. All right. Yay. We're going to take a break and come back with Good Pop, Bad Pop. <laughs> All right, hey, we're back. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, good shit. Uh, yeah. It's time for uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews. 
with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we've either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Um, see here. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I got to thank... So, before I jump into Good Pop, Pat Pop, I want to thank one of our listeners. Um, it's Brian Winfrey. And I want to thank him. He sent uh, in the mail, he sent me a gift. He sent me a uh, blue, it's uh, the the blue mic, the Yeti. Oh, yeah. And so uh, on uh, on episodes where I don't have to record a mixer, if like I'm going to be on somebody else's podcast, I'm going to I'm gonna try that bad boy out. It's really nice. Cool. Huh. That's a nice gift. Yeah, so thank you so much, Brian Winfrey. And he always, he always fucking messages me on Twitter and asks me if there's going to be a podcast. Like podcast oh, tonight? Oh, he's one of those. That guy. Dude, it's, they're, they're going to come on Mondays. Every Monday, buddy, unless I let you know otherwise. All right? I, I love his enthusiasm, though, Jake. <laughs> hey, is there going to be a podcast this week, Brian? <laughs> ah, sidecast, right, Jake? Ooh. <laughs> is it, was it Side Room? Side Room podcast? Oh, I, I thought it was just Sidecast. I, I already don't know. There were two of them, right? Yeah, there's this... Yeah. I don't know. Go back and I listen. I, f- I forget. But no, the podcast of the week is Starcast. So listen to that. Yes. All right. So yeah, I want to thank Brian Winfrey. That's an awesome gift, man. It's a, man, that, that mic's got some weight to it, man. You could put like, Hefty. It, very hefty. You could put it on a table and uh, give that thing fellatio. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to uh, commend you on the uh, podcast of the week bumper. It was easy to forget because I can't hear it on my end. Yeah. You like that but, one. Bravo. All right. I still haven't heard it. I know. You, you know, that's the thing. I, you, I don't care about audio, so I didn't think you'd care about listening to some. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, before I jump into like the main part of my good pop, bad pop that I wanted to talk about is uh, I watched the first two episodes of American Vandal. On Netflix, Frank, did you check this out when I asked you to? Yeah, I actually watched all of it. <laughs> oh, I figured as much. Frank, what are your thoughts on American Vandal? Okay, it's uh, a, it's about what? It's about dicks. <laughs> um, no, it's a, a satirical true kind drama about a high school where supposedly a kid drew twenty seven dicks using spray paint spray paint on twenty seven different cars. And like Serial, they actually go through the case and talk to him and talk to everybody who could have possibly had anything to do with it. And it makes fun of itself, but it's also kind of like a straight man thing. Like they bring this up over and over again. And uh, the, the two kids who are producing the documentary in the show are all very like straight man. Like they don't crack a smile or anything. So you're watching it. You get really intrigued into, like, the depth of which they go. Like, it did a really good job, even though it's all fake. Uh, going down the different rabbit holes with each individual person that they investigate. But then all of a sudden they're talking about, all of a sudden, it's, here's a dick. And they start talking about, he couldn't have done it because these dicks don't have ball hair 
and the mushroom head is different. It, it just comes out of left field. Um, I was very quick to try to rush to judgment when I first started watching it because I thought, okay, this is just going to be silly. But uh, and, and you'll find out as you continue to watch that they get really in depth. It, it, it really seems like a real thing uh, that they took seriously. It's quite good, and they actually explore some of the relationships of the people who are in the midst of making the documentary as well. I, I thought it was pretty clever. I high I, I taste it myself. Oh, I, man, I was expecting a Tupperware out of you, Frank. Well, yeah, it sounded that, like a Frank show. The thing that kept it from being a Tupperware was as you get closer to the end, it seems like it kind of drags on a little bit. You think like, with, uh, with eight episodes talking about this dick scandal? Yeah, but each each episode is a different length. Like you've got one or two <laughs> o'clock just under 30 minutes. <laughs> you said length. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. <laughs> what about the girth? What about the girth? <laughs> well, each episode is chock full. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't. I didn't find it too cumbersome. Yeah. And the way they end each episode is just kind of like the way they did with Serial, where at the very end you get a little glimpse of like, ooh, that's this new information that we're going to be checking out here. Ah, so we're getting that's a, pretty good. Getting a season two of this shit. Um. Probably, yeah. but I but don't I, know if uh, it's going to be like the same cast or the same, you know, oh, premise. Come on, we got to recapture this magic, don't we? <laughs> Grab it by the dick. I'm going to give it a taste. Is there anyone noteworthy in this thing? No. No. About, there was one girl that I recognized and it, it was just because she was on like a, one of those Disney preteen shows or is, something like that. But it, So that's they, no, uh, noteworthy? Well, that's all, the only person that I recognize from <laughs> anything else. Was it was it Young Murph by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't Young Murph. Yeah, she did just fine. <laughs> but uh, no, um, I'm going to give it a taste. That it's uh, to Jake kind of like make it authentic. You know, they had to use kind of like unknowns to you know. Okay, so I see I, what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give it a taste. That I just. That first episode was fucking horrible. Fucking horrible. I, the humor is just so like – and I know our humor gets uh, like juvenile as fuck on here. But if I want to hear that shit, I'll just listen to Frank for an hour, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and when do I want to listen to Frank for an hour? Never. So I, I don't know. I'm going to give it a taste. It Like I see what they did, you know? They, they, turned, they, they turned like making a murderer, that kind of like format of a show – into talking about this kid, you know, possibly drawing these dicks on these 27 vehicles, possibly not, and uh, new evidence popping up, uh, 3D models popping up of girls giving guys hand jobs. <laughs> and that was kind of funny. That was in the second episode, which I thought, like, when they took it away from all, like, the dick talk and they started, like, focus on other characters in that camp setting, I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of clever. But it was never, like, laugh-out-loud funny for me. Like, uh... I didn't catch myself like really like chuckling, having hearty laughs. So uh, I'll give it a taste. That uh, it's one of those things where it's kind of like on the back burner right now. Been watching some other stuff and uh, haven't really been rushing uh, to get back into it to find out exactly what happens. I guess I'm more intrigued by like real true crime stories. You know, like making a murderer. I had to get through it. I had to know about this story and what happened with this guy. And this, it's just like. I don't know. It's it's just it's just comedy, and I think 
eight episodes. The two episodes that I watched, I was kind of like, it got, I guess it got me enough in the second one to where I was like, yeah, I would kind of like to see like how they try to end this fucking thing, I suppose. And they, like, they but, do explore more yeah. characters and it expands beyond just the, the dick and fart stuff. Really, that yeah. stuff centralized to that Dylan Maxwell and his way back boys. Right. Yeah, but I have a question. Will you finish it, Brian? Or will it be like your Voltron? It might be my Voltron. I don't know. It's one of those, like, I I could see myself, like, maybe watching, like, the third episode. It's not so far pushed out of my brain that I'm, like, not, that I, I would say I was done with it. I might, I might get back to it. I still got to finish season four of BoJack Horseman. So... Mm. You know, I've been watching something else right now, and uh, you know, I'm like five or six episodes in on BoJack. I think I'm seven episodes in on BoJack, so I still got to finish that. So, you know, we'll see. We'll okay. See. Um, I want to talk about uh, Jake. Let's. Did, you've been watching The Handmaid's Tale. Yes, I have. All right, let's uh, let's talk about The Handmaid's Tale, Jake. Uh, it's on Hulu, and. Uh, Jake, I'll have you take it over here. Like, uh, what's it about? Who's who's in it? That's that's noteworthy. And uh... um, yeah, and just to go on a little bit about it, I, I think um, I think we've both kind of known of its existence yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, I know Michelle Michelle watched it when it first premiered and told me it was something that she thought I would like. And I don't know. It just there's so much on the plate that I just kind of passed by. And it won the Emmy for. Um, best drama series last sunday and i think that's kind of kind of what was the final catalyst where i was like brian we should we should see what this is about and watch this thing yeah so we, we checked it out um i um i wanted to get through at least half of it but i got to, i've watched the first four episodes so far um it's been a little bit of a crazy week with i left comcast and i'm trying yeah. new options I, now, I, so. I can tell because your internet's cutting out <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah is it cutting right now? Yeah, it just did when you said that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's that's good ironic timing. Yeah, or as, yeah, so or as I, you would say, I, I, timing. That's exactly <laughs> how it sounded. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, I've made it through four episodes. Have you gotten into this thing, Brian? I uh, I am finishing. I'm like maybe twenty minutes away from finishing episode seven. Okay. So you're just over halfway on it. Uh, um, yeah. Um, let me get pull up my internet here real quick. Let's. Um, uh, your internet sucks. So let's. Uh, I'm gonna pause. It does suck. Yeah, it does suck. So I'm gonna pause right now, and we're going to we're gonna finish this. But I'm gonna we're gonna reconnect. All right. Cool. All right, we're back. Oh right, yeah, Handmaid's Tale. We we both decided to start watching it because it won the uh, Emmy for best dramatic series this year. Um, stars Elizabeth Moss as Offred. I would say that she's the lead character from what I've seen in the first four episodes of this. Uh, but it is a little bit of an ensemble cast. Um, Yvonne, I, these are such hard names to pronounce too. Uh, no, Yvonne Strahovski. Yeah, fuck it. We Go don't need it. to read everybody. It's got Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, I, I think Elizabeth Moss is really the standout as far as, um, you know, the lead character. Um, and it's set in like a, a society, it's going on, and you see flashbacks, and the government is taking over a lot of things, and it's 
you know, um, I don't know how much spoilery are we going to talk about this thing. I, I no, I think we. Just, I think I just want to wet people's appetites about like the show and what it is. All right, so yeah, basically, these um, it's really hard to have children in this world. I think they say it's is it um, one out of five childbirths is successful. Yes, and so it seems like something has happened in the government where they're taking control of women's bodies, and the women that are able to have children are forced to be what is called a handmaid and to have children for like the powerful people in the government now it's a, it's a pretty wild premise i'm sure if you haven't seen it just listening to me try to babble through what it's about it's like, like what the hell so it's it's a really heavy show and really deep it's kind of you know like well and it mixes in religion as well yeah definitely definitely and so um yeah i don't know do, I, do you want should i rate this thing yeah please so far, four episodes in, I'm going to give it a high taste it. Um, there's definitely a bunch of stuff. I really like it, and it might be a Tupperware by the end of it. But, man, I got to tell you, some of it does make me really uncomfortable to watch. Like, I've, it, it's almost like you are watching rape in a couple scenes. It is and rape. Yeah, it, it, it <clears throat> makes me very uncomfortable. I'm, yeah. I want to know what happens next, and I want to know, like, why everything has become what it is and if the lead character can get away from this but what's keeping me from giving this a tupperware is it it is uh not to be approved but it is a little bit too like graphic and sensitive for me at some times okay so i'm gonna give it a high tasted like uh, it it does make me real squeamish watching the rape oh yeah yeah it's not that's that's not fun to watch um, but uh, yeah this has been really great so far yeah I, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm seven episodes in, um, it is a very heavy show, so I don't watch back to back to back to back to back. I usually maybe watch like an episode and a half and stop, and then the next day I'll pick it up again. And, um, yeah, I, um, I'm going to give this a, uh, Tupperware right now where I'm at because this show, um is so good with the characters as far as it just so so much as like the Elizabeth Moss character I think she's really good in this to where I think by it makes me uncomfortable too Jake but it also puts me kind of like in her shoes in a way and like how she's feeling um it's done that so well with uh this dystopian slavery thing that we've got going on here um it's like uh there's so many times where she you want her to speak up and say something, but she doesn't. And she, you want her to stand up for herself, and she doesn't. And it just, uh, it, it's kind of nerve-wracking. But uh, there are satisfying moments in this that that, uh, that have happened since I've been watching. Um, I, I Tupperware it. I think seven episodes in, I, it's one of those things where... I want to jump ahead to the end of it. I want to. I want to like. <laughs> I want to know what happens because it's driving me crazy seeing this character suffer, and I want her to. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like that's why I Tupperware this so much is because I've connected with the character and I want her to win. I want to see her eventually be able to. <laughs> I want to see her fucking go John Wick and kill these fucking people <laughs> because they're evil and they make me sick. And this, it's just like. 
Oh my god. So like I Tupperware it. I, I just want there to be a satisfying ending. Like I will fucking I'll hate this series if we get towards the end of it and there's no satisfying ending for me. But um Yeah, I can I can see myself giving this a Tupperware too. Like I'm just a four in and I, I agree with you the the stuff you have to see really does amp up the anxiousness and the drama and you know you really wanting this character to mm-hmm. figure out a way to get out of this. What so. do you think about the, uh, the what's neat about this show too is that we are uh, they first introduce you to this uh, this alternate future um, where it's uh, like Old Testament religion and uh, a lot of uh, Bible verses are quoted but twisted to make it sound like they're like they're right but they're they're totally like twisting these verses to just fit their their lifestyle um yeah it's super creepy but um, you're 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 kind of like uh thrown into this world and you you're trying to figure it out as the episodes go along so each week like you're introduced to new people and new uh concepts like you know like the ceremony where they where they have you know the conception of the women and that and then you're introduced to all these these uh these new things and so it's not like they just like lay it out for you you're having to figure some of this stuff out on your own but then i also thought it was really cool when they started doing flashbacks like before this event took place and they started to show you you know how the world was before to how they got to where they are now so i i really enjoy them incorporating that into the show as well yeah i like that a lot too i mean some of it's really subtle and some of it's in your face like i thought some of the really subtle stuff was interesting when they were talking about the Canadian media and how they were being portrayed like really terribly in the Canadian media. And it's like, well, yeah, you're, this is terrible. Of course the media is going to make it look bad. Right. I don't see yeah. how you could spin this to be a good thing. Yeah. But, uh, and then like, yeah, the flashback stuff is really interesting too. Like seeing it happened so fast. That was amazing. They, they froze all the women's bank accounts and like fired them all at the same time, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it was it was wild, and that gets really insane the further along it goes. I, does that still happen on episode seven? Are you still seeing the lead up to uh, the main character going to? Oh yeah, like where- this is episode seven actually deals. I, I can't really get into it without spoiling you, but yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, episode seven. I'd say. From what I can remember in episode seven, I'd say at least ninety percent of it is a flashback. Oh, nice! That's exciting. So yeah, uh, it's it's pretty awesome. So I Tupperware it. I think it's fantastic. I, I, you know, if they leave me on a cliffhanger, whatever, man. I mean, leave me on a good cliffhanger, and I'll be back next season anyway. Even if they don't leave me on a cliffhanger, like I'm I'm sucked into this show. I think it's I think it's fantastic. Even though, yeah, the subject matter is really fucked up. It is very fucked up subject matter. But like, I connect with the characters, and I want to see like, uh, and that's where I think this show excels is the fact that I'm like rooting on this character, uh, this woman, Offred. Offred is it Offred? Offred, I think is how you say it. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's right. So I love. I I love. It's The Handmaid's Tale. It's on Hulu. I think everybody should check this out. Great drama. I agree. I agree. Yeah, Frank, I'm sure you're going to be right on that. I actually just got Hulu. Did you? Yeah. I thought you might. I haven't had it before. I thought you might rewatch that Dick Show again before you'd watch this. <laughs> no, no, I was I was very interested in checking this out actually. Yeah. All right. Yeah, ten episodes, an hour each. So, yeah, it's not too much of a commitment. No, uh-uh. no, I like those. Uh, 
I like those eight to ten episode shows. Those are my favorites. Love Me them. too. That's like the perfect amount. Not yeah. not too long, but not so short that you don't feel like you didn't get enough. Yeah. Right, right. That's all I got this week. I ain't, I ain't got shit else for fucking good pop, bad pop. Do you got something, Frank? Do you got something else, Jake? No, like I said, uh, my internet fucking blows. I ain't seen shit. Your internet I gotta... is cutting out like crazy. It sucks. <laughs> Did it right there again, too? You're, yeah, you, you're, you're constantly just choppy. Choppy. You're just yeah. chop suey. Robo, uh, Jake. No, it's not as bad blows. as... No, it's it, it does chop in and out, though. But it's not it's not terrible. Frank, you got something? I, uh, yeah, just real quick. Um I, I picked up and you're gonna make fun of me for it, I know. Um yeah, Pokemon Tournament, which is basically a Pokemon fighting game on the Switch. Um it's actually pretty good. Uh I played Pokemon before and it's like a turn based role playing game, but this is like Tekken but with Pokemon characters. I'm not gonna make fun of that. Okay. <laughs> no, I love, um, I love like Tekken and fighting games typically. This is actually really, really in depth. Like, I'm a button masher. I just smash yeah. the shit out of the buttons and see what I can get away with. That's not fun. But, well, this is incredibly fucking deep. Like, it's got all the like combo breakers and all that shit that Tekken did. Uh, I, I haven't had time to spend with it practice and all that stuff, but, it's pretty neat. You slap a controller in your hand and a buddy's hand. You can play together right there. Or you can also play online. And they got, like, a single-player mode where you can go through and challenge, like, other other trainers and stuff. And it's pretty neat. I high-taste it. Um, it's really good for a fighting game. The controls are really tight. And uh, the, the big grab with this is you switch from, like, dual mode, which is, like, a traditional fighting style... To field mode where you kind of volley for position, you can use ranged attacks and people and stuff. And of course, the animation is top notch because it's all you know Pokemon, Nintendo's in-house characters and stuff. It's really clean and quite a bit of fun, especially with a buddy who's next to you. I have a hard time getting people online with it because I don't know a lot of people with the Switch. And for me, Nintendo's Nintendo multiplayer games are always better. Like when you know you're in the same room and stuff. But it's still pretty fun. I like it quite a bit. Cool. What do you? I taste it. I taste it. Yep. Is there a lot of characters to choose from? Uh, the initial count that I saw, I I don't know the exact number. I mean, there's more than ten. I didn't count, but there's a lot of uh, favorites. Like you got Pikachu, and there's Mewtwo who's selectable, Charizard. But you don't have like the lesser incarnations that I've seen so far. So it's not like you train them and level them, level them up, or evolve them, or anything. You literally just fight with them. Mm, okay. That sounds interesting. I know that came out on the Wii U too, and I never checked it out. And this is just a uh, upgraded port of that, from what I've heard. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much the same thing. But it was pretty neat. I, I enjoyed playing with it on the uh, the Pro Controller for that. I didn't try it out on the little Joy Cons yet, but. It seems pretty solid. It feels pretty good to play. Jake, would you watch? Uh, would you watch the Pokemon's Handmaiden Tale or whatever if they did a mashup? Like, let's say, like one in five Pokemon wouldn't hatch out of those eggs, and so they <laughs> they enslaved a bunch of Pokemon. And would you would you watch that? Oh, that would be too much. I would not want to see poor Pikachu <laughs> get raped like that. <laughs> I 
just imagine the Pikachu crying meme. <laughs> yeah, Bunch no, of, I think I'm checked out on that. Bunch of Jigglypuffs doing <laughs> God knows what to poor little Squirtle. Getting Jiggly stuffed. Squirtle just sounds like a, that's just dirty, isn't it, Squirtle? Yeah, 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 Squirtle. There's a lot of them that are dirty. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That one with the tongue. What's it, what's it? Lick a tongue? Lick a tongue. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my gosh. It looks like, it, it at first, it kind of looks like a vagina that has a tongue. So it's like, it's like, it spells it out pretty easily. <laughs> Frank, my internet's bad enough. Don't be texting me gifts. <laughs> Who's that crying Pikachu? <laughs> All right, you guys, uh, yeah, Jake, the internet, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it I know, sucks. I know you I'm, got. I'm depressed. I know I'm, you, just, I'm gonna kill myself after this episode. I know. You, <laughs> I know you got a good deal. But man, you gotta get the speed up there. That's, yeah, I don't know. AT&T's internet's always sucked, man. I could have told you that. You should have asked me. Yeah, well, Comcast fucking prices and customer service sucks, so I didn't know what to do anymore. Yeah, but with Comcast prices and customer service, when you say that on a podcast, it doesn't sound like prices and customer service. So, it, yeah, I don't what? know. Yeah, exactly. You're not hearing anything <laughs> I'm saying. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> you're saying they can be assholes because it works. No, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, let's see here. Let's. Uh... I'm done. This is my last podcast ever. Oh God! No, I'm. I, if if you don't have the internet situation like fixed by next week, I'll drive out there. We'll record together. Um, I ain't doing this shit again. I'll tell you that much. Um. It's not as bad as you think, Jake, but it's not great either. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's take a break. Yes. Yeah, we are back, and we are going to be jumping into the pop culture leftovers news. All right, and quick news: uh, the Deuce, the HBO series that I reviewed a few weeks ago, season two ordered by HBO after two episodes. Oh, that was quick. Very quick. You know why? It's a fucking great show. That's why. It's a it's fantastic. So uh yeah, definitely uh definitely excited to you know see where they're gonna take this show. I'm happy that it's getting a second episode. I, I find it I don't know. I, I hear that the uh it, it's gonna go from the seventies to the eighties. 
I don't know if they're going to just finish the 70s this season and bring us into the 80s or if that's going to be next season. It'll be interesting to see what they do. But, yeah, highly, highly Tupperware this show. Highly recommend it. The Deuce. So definitely check it out. It's fucking awesome. So, Have you seen the second episode? No. I'm actually going to say I've been – Handmaid's Tale is like where I'm at right now. I'm going to knock, mm-hmm. I'm going to knock that out. Um, I'm going to watch like, uh, the deuce. When I watched that first episode, it was an hour and a half and it didn't seem like it was long enough. I even mentioned that on the episode, like it, I wanted more. So it'll be nice to go back to the deuce and have like maybe two or three episodes that I can just like watch back to back to back. Cause it's, it's, it's so addictive. And like they did so with all the things that they're working with in that show, I think that the first episode, this is one of the only first episodes I think where you actually do need that hour and a half. Um, they, they just so many different characters, but it's never bogged down. Like it keeps the story keeps moving, and you really get to feel like who these characters are. They haven't even gotten to the part where they're in the in the porn industry yet. So, I mean, I'm just fascinated by how how they're going to get there, and to see it looks like this Maggie Gyllenhaal's character who's playing the uh, the prostitute. It looks like she's gonna like I don't know if she's gonna change gears and become like more of a director when this happens, or if she's actually gonna be in these movies. Because I saw her, I think I saw her in like a picture behind the camera. So it makes I don't know, I don't know where they're going. I don't know where they're gonna take that character, but I'm I'm intrigued and I can't wait to watch the rest of the series. Yeah, and these are the same guys that did like The Wire there that are making this show, right? Yeah, this is David Simon, uh, David Simon behind The Wire doing this, and it's it's more awesome, great shit. So. Uh, next little little story here that I want to go over um, is Deadline is reporting that Warner Brothers is trying to work out a deal to get Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi to direct the new live-action Akira film. Now, this is interesting. So far, uh, we've seen a lot of whitewashing with these uh, anime-to-film adaptations. We saw it, you know, with uh, Death Note. Um, we saw it with... Uh, What's the other one? Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson. There you go. Jake, did you watch Death Note? I did not. Okay. I heard so much bad press, and I'm such a fan of the original material that I was like, no, thank you, sir. And you'd already been burned by the Dark Tower this year. Yeah, no, thank you. I I love the original like you know, manga and anime, so I, I didn't want any part of this. I'll probably check it out at some point. Yeah. yeah. No rush. So what do you think? I mean, originally it looked like they were targeting Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele is not doing this series. I'm going to talk about what he's doing, though, a little bit later in news. But now they're going for uh, Taika Waititi, a director of color. Do you think, Jake, this is interesting. Um, What do you think here, man? Do you think that this is going to be – do you think that the studio is like, okay, we're going to get this – he's highly talented, but – What's going on? Are you building something, Frank? Are you in the fucking? What are you in the garage building something? What are you doing? No, I've got arts and crafts. What the fuck? I got a four-year-old stomping around upstairs. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was like arts and crafts time, and you're fucking. You got like your little fuzzy straws and glue, and I, I didn't know what the fuck you were doing over there. Nope, nope, nope. What are the what are those fuzzy straws called? What are those things called? Fuzzy, fuzzy straws? straws? Yeah, I don't know what they're called. They're like a little. I can't even write. That's what I said. Fuzzy straws. I don't know what they're called. Those fucking things. You probably clean a bong out with them. What the fuck are they called? Pipe cleaners? Oh, like pipe cleaners? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't know if you were building a birdhouse. I didn't know what you were no. doing. Nope. <laughs> you and Kelly are recreating that scene from Ghost and you're making some fucking pottery and shit. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> 
Anyway, yeah, I know what you're saying, though, Brian. I, I think there's a, you know, I don't think either of the, these directors that have been attached to Akira so far now would be a director that would whitewash this movie. So yeah. that would be nice. But wait, wait, okay, all right. Let me play devil's advocate. What if they did? With them being a director, um, <laughs> you know what I mean. With them being a director of color, would it? How would people respond to that? Do you think yeah, that? That is interesting. I don't think it would happen. I, I don't think that that would happen. Yeah, I, I just don't think it will. But I, I don't know. It's hard to imagine how people would respond because I, I just don't think they. I don't think either of those directors would be involved in that controversy. Yeah, yeah. You excited? You excited for Taika Waititi? Do you think this is the right move for him to make, or do you think he should have been like Jordan Peele and said, "No, I'm going I'm to do something different. I'm going to take my talents elsewhere." You know, out of all the anime to live action projects, Akira is the one I've honestly wanted to see. I, I really do want to see like that motorcycle action sequence realized in a live action movie. Yeah. I, I think that could be pretty fantastic. Yeah, no, I agree. It's been years since I've seen Akira, but uh, I remember it just you know it, it is it is a beautiful movie. So I'm like, actually yeah, plans on watching that tomorrow. Is it your first time, Frank? Yes. Yeah, that movie's so old, but it just, it still holds up. Like the the how fluid the animation is and yeah. everything. It's just it's so amazing. It was so ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll keep uh, we'll keep reporting and see if Taika Waititi signs on for that. So that'll be interesting. Maybe maybe we'll hear something after Thor Ragnarok or even before. Um, Tomb Raider trailer came out. Alicia Vikander, Walton Goggins. Daniel Wu, former guest of Pop Culture Leftovers, Daniel Wu. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So, what are you guys thinking? I, I, we saw the trailer. Um, you know, if you've seen the trailer, you, you know, you've probably made up your own mind on what you think about it. What did, Jake, what did you think? I think it could be okay. It's just, it's the video game thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I even saw, I saw one person actually made a version of this trailer where they put like all the commands for playing the game in the trailer, <laughs> which I thought was really amusing. Like yeah. the L and R shoulder buttons for the runs and when to hit the jump button and everything. Like they basically made it like, you know, the cut scene, hit the button, win yeah. trailer. And I thought that was pretty clever. I mean, I don't know. I hope it's good. I love, I love the star because mm-hmm. of, you know, ex machina. Yeah. And I, and I, I wish her all the best, but I don't know. This is just nothing in here is getting me really excited. I mean, okay. I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it a taste it myself. Um, what are you giving it? I'll, I'll taste it. It, yeah. it's, it doesn't look like a terrible movie yeah. by any means. No, I mean by the trailer, giving it a taste it is just like okay. You know, this could be really good. This could be bad. We don't know. But nothing in the trailer made me say like, oh my god, I can't wait to see this, or oh my god, this is going to be a train wreck. It was just kind of like okay, yeah, I get it. This is Tomb Raider. She looks good as she looks good as Laura Croft. Um, you know, you, yeah. you you guys picked a fantastic actor to play your villain. Now, whether you're going to flesh him out and give him enough to do to make him interesting, that's a completely different story. And of course, I, I want I wish the best for Daniel Wu. I love the guy; he's fantastic. I, I love him in Into the Badlands, and um, you know, he's in that. What's it? Is it Geostorm? It's that new like. He's in that new like apocalyptic uh end of the world fucking movie where there's this big storm destroying everything geostorm i think that's daniel oh, in that one the trailer for that is hilarious <laughs> i was laughing hysterically during that i was just waiting for it's jo- like they, 
Hold on, go ahead. Uh, it's like they created an excuse for every natural disaster to hit at once. Yeah, yeah. It's like however far-fetched, convoluted the plot has to be, so every natural disaster can happen at once. Who cares? Just do it. I want them to. I want them to take like all the actors that have been at, at, like ever been in one of like these end of the world movies and put them all in the same movie together. I want. I want John Cusack from 2012. I want the yes. Rock. I want the Rock from San Andreas, and I want Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal from The Day After Tomorrow, and then yeah, uh, yeah. And, and then Will hell, Smith from Independence Day. Yes, Will Smith, and then then fucking even like Ian Ziering from Sharknado. I want them all uh-huh. in the same fucking movie as a spoof. That'd be hilarious. Everybody should see it, and you know that'd be a fantastic. Just a spoof comedy with all of them starring in it and trying to save the world as the characters that they portrayed in those films. If they could work it out with the studios, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. The Geostorm, but yeah, it, it almost looked like a comedy. It was yeah. so far-fetched. Yeah. Frank, what did you think about Tomb Raider? Uh, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, it's a video game, and it, it kind of looks cookie-cutter to me. The thing that bothers me is in the trailer they're talking about, oh, you have to save the world. Why does it got to be about saving the world? Why can't she just do like an Indiana Jones some shit and go find some cool stuff? Indiana Jones saved the world from the Nazis in Raiders of the Lost Ark, Frank. Well, right, but they're even pitching this in the in the trailer. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like it, it doesn't need to be an end-of-the-world kind of thing. Did you ever hear that stupid theory on the Big Bang Theory that Indiana Jones didn't need to be in Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> the character? Inconsequential. Yeah. Well, the movie. The Germans still would have got the chalice, and they still would have opened it, and they still would have died. Yeah, but the problem is that there was nobody there to take it to where it needed to go. That's true. So that's why he was there. I hate that fucking I, – I thought that that was like the dumbest little theory. Like Indiana Jones didn't need to be there, didn't need to fight the Nazis. It would have ended the exact same way. That's not true. It would have been sitting out there for some other asshole to find it. And so Indiana Jones knew the consequences of this. And uh, you know, then they, they, they put it away in that you know gigantic storage room at the end of the film. Yeah, I love that storage room. Yeah, oh, that was great, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I want to go rummaging around in there. Yeah. So see what crazy shit they got. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Tomb Raider trip. I got to give it a taste. That I, there's nothing in here that makes me say it's going to be terrible, except for the fact that it's another video game to film adaptation, which they all pretty much are terrible or just don't. You know, I, I, when is the day that we're going to get a uh, video game to film adaptation that's, like, uh, considered for some awards here? I mean, Jake, uh, Frank. <laughs> oh, no, 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 hold on. I, the only reason I bring that up is because, Frank, do you think that there's enough story in The Last of Us to where it could be a movie to where they could actually take it on a deeper level, like a deeper character emotional level, to where it could be considered for, for some for some legitimate awards? It's it, – yeah, man. It'd have I, to be let, let me throw this up. The the, pro- like, Fox is sending Logan they're, – they're sending screeners of Logan to be considered for the Oscars. I mean, we're hearing mm-hmm. Warner Brothers is pushing Wonder Woman, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure like the Wonder Woman stuff is maybe for like effects, which I know that's not going to win because the effects in there were pretty lousy at times. But um, I mean, does Logan have a legitimate shot here? You know what I mean? I mean, is this like does Logan have the ne- a, a legitimate shot for either Hugh Jackman to be nominated or for the film itself to be nominated? I, I say no. 
I say no to. I think, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's a nice Never story. Best picture, right. maybe Hugh Jackman. Right, right. See, you go back to uh, 2003, though, and Lord of the Rings won Best Picture. So, you know, Lord of the, uh, yeah. the, the third film. And this is a little bit that scenario, too, where it's the, but the, it's not like yeah. what Logan is sending off is this great thing, like what Lord of the Rings was. You know, Return of the King was to send off to three good movies, where Logan is to send off to two terrible movies. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> yeah. I get that. I, I just... I, I totally I understand that. I mean, and I know Lord of the Rings was winning some visual effects awards, you know, well before that. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just back to The Last of Us. I just didn't know, Frank, if you thought like you know you get let's say you, let's say you get a great filmmaker in there. Let's say they get like Frank Darabont to do it. You know, Frank Darabont. Honestly, I think like The Walking Dead would continue have been to been like a great show had he maybe stayed on. And I, you know, it's had flashes of greatness here and there. But, you know, this last season was kind of like a big letdown for me towards the end. And, uh, you know, it's like, what do you get? Like, you get, like, Frank Darabont in there directing the Last of Us film? I mean, what do you think? It it could work, but, I mean, it's – the issue is a lot of times with these video game movies is stuffing anywhere from a 15 to 20-hour, like, campaign – where they could stretch out all these story bits mm-hmm. into a cohesive and engaging hour and a half to two hour film. Right. So, I mean, the script would have to be there for it. Does it have the material and like the emotional impact? Yeah. Can you stuff that into an hour and a half, two hours? I don't know. What about a trilogy? You could, but that, that first one has to knock it out of the park. Or right. else people are going to instantly hit it with, oh, they're just trying to do that typical trilogy thing yeah 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 so i mean you could do it I and mean, you might need that much time but there's enough material there for it to be engaging and if you were going to do something that's going to have any kind of heart and emotional impact i think that movie's that movie could do it yeah tomb raider i really don't know no it's always no, no, been no. more flash in the yeah. pan yeah action stuff not so much about like emotional attachment and that so the source material is already lacking as far as like yeah. something that would be award worthy i would say the that la- tomb raider at best could be like a surprise movie like tarzan was to where it does well in the box office you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah it could be an engaging co- popcorn flick not a lot of people are talking about how amazing tarzan was but if you look at the numbers in the box office it did pretty well it really did. Yeah, um, it came out at a good time, yeah, too. Yeah. When's Tetris come out? I don't know. I haven't heard anything oh my about God. that. I haven't heard anything about that since we like last reported on it. I yeah, that's what I kept thinking about. Yeah. yeah. Forget Tomb Raider, Tetris. I got two things that I want to talk about here about Stranger Things. Uh, this news comes from THR. The first thing I want to talk about is contracts with these uh, child actors. The article says, meanwhile, knowledgeable sources say Netflix faces a possibility that some, if not all, of the Stranger Things child stars will band together to negotiate deals for upcoming seasons of the show. One source says kid actors Finn Wolfhard, Millie Bobby Brown, Gaten Matarazzo, and Caleb McLaughlin each got $30,000 per episode for the first and second seasons with a bonus. Less than six figures. Once it became clear that the show was a phenomenon, while the cast is signed for six years, talent reps say a renegotiation will happen early next year. One question yet to be addressed, 
whether the show's breakout 13-year-old Brown will negotiate separately from the other young stars. Now, I okay, um, I do, I get it. You know, you got to pay your dues. $30,000 per episode for these child actors is pretty good now. But, like, when you've got, like, and I know that these actors have been on the air for a long time, the, uh, the Big Bang Theory, those actors, and they're getting, like, a million dollars per episode. Um, yeah. But, and they're on a network television show. Now, Netflix has the money now. They can kind of, they can raise these stars. I mean, you gotta understand, like, Big Bang Theory's been on the air for like 10, 11 years, and they're giving them like, you know, two or three more seasons now. And so, you know, if, and I understand people like that show. There's a lot of people that like that show. And so these actors are gonna get a lot of money for being on network television. Now, these kids, not, like, you know, I, I can understand them wanting to renegotiate and get them more money. My question to you is, Jake, the show's breakout, 13-year-old Millie Bobby Brown, if she's going to negotiate separately, I don't, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't call her the show's breakout star. I don't think that, like, in the show, like, all the stuff that she's done outside of the show, like the rapping and all, you know what I mean, like that, she's really charming, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. real charming, okay? But I wouldn't say, like, within the show that she's the breakout star. I mean, come on. The kid that plays Dustin's amazing. And, I mean... Yeah, a lot of people a lot of people see it that way. I, I tend to agree with you, Brian. Yeah. But to play devil's advocate, I mean, Millie Bobby Brown is the one that was nominated for an, act, an acting Emmy. None of the rest were. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, I've seen, I've seen some people that are nominated for Emmys, Emmys that I don't... That I also don't agree with that they should have been nominated. I just don't. I personally, my subjective view is, is that she is not the breakout star of that show. And now I think, like with Finn Wolfhard, with his character, uh, he played Richie. Yeah. In uh, it, I mean, honestly, I think like, uh, you know, I he's he was a fantastic character in that film, and that's going to up his stock. So I don't, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I, I, it'd just be nice if they yeah. could all band together and, and, and get paid the same amount. But yeah, I guess sometimes you got to look after yourself. But whatever, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah I you hate to see that, the business hit these kids like that, though. Right, right. Yeah. Frank. I mean, I w- I'm with you. I wouldn't think that she needs to be able to negotiate her own. I mean, we're not talking like a Jennifer Aniston in the midst of the rest of the Friends cast. Yeah. And. and I think it would be really good if they just banded together. I mean, they all deserve more money than that. But, I mean, yeah, the unity would be better. If you start trying to split them up now based on that, then it's not going to last that long. Right. Sooner or later, egos will get involved or their parents will and they'll get pissed off. And I think as uh, soon as the first numbers come in for, um, the, you know, the the, uh, the viewings for Stranger Things Season 2... Once those first numbers come in, Netflix is going to have like uh, those 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 stats, and uh, their agents are all going to be talking, and we'll get something figured out here. But I just don't. Right. I, I think she's. A, I think she's a fine actress. I really do. I just. I me personally wouldn't call her like the breakout star. So yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I read an interesting article that said uh, the directors have had problems with uh, Finn Wolfhart dropping the uh, f bomb too much on set ever since filming the It movie. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> he got accustomed to that R-rated movie lifestyle, and they had to uh, kind of put a curb on his language a little bit. Oh, that's funny. Dial it back, bro. Yeah. Can you get Stranger Things on, like, Blu-ray? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think, you know, that's a thing. Yeah. Can you get any of these Netflix originals on Blu-ray? 
I know the Marvel stuff. They had um, like Amazon exclusive box sets of like Daredevil season one, really, okay. and Jessica Jones season one. Huh. But and I, I know Orange is the New Black used to have. I used to see that at Best Buy all the time. Right. Okay. In okay. box sets. Yeah, I was just curious. I guess uh, House of Cards too. I, yeah. I don't think so much anymore though. I just don't think people are. I think the sales on box television sets on hard media have really declined. Yeah. No, you're right there. I I think that's kind of sad. Based on a uh, real quick Amazon search, the answer would be no. At least Amazon doesn't have it either on DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Fucking uh, Blu-rays are dying, but vinyl is thriving, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vinyl is huge right now. Vinyl's probably one of the biggest hard media forms out there. As last year, money right last now. year was the first year that vinyls outsold CDs. In like you know, like twenty some years or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. That's yes, see, new cars. My car is a 2017, and it it doesn't even have a CD player. Yeah, yeah, they stopped. Oh putting, wow! Yeah, they stopped putting CD players in cars. It's nuts. Oh shit! The next my fucking yeah, truck has a cassette deck still. <laughs> the next part of this THR article that I wanted to go over is uh, interesting as well. It's it goes on to say a source with knowledge of the Stranger Things world, says Netflix had hoped to shoot seasons three and four back-to-back to get ahead of any potentially awkward adolescent transitions for its young actors. Quote, every time you have a show that relies so heavily on the charm of the kids, you want to capture that, says this person. But the powers involved, including, of course, show creators Matt and Ross Duffer and executive producer Sean Levy and Dan Cohen, are said to have vetoed that idea. The writer's room is small, as is the roster of producers, and a source says they did not deem it possible to turn out episodes that quickly. All declined to comment. Instead, says the source, the plan is to create stories that feel true to where the actors are in terms of age at the time of the episodes are shot. So, um, what, what, yeah, how do you feel about that? I hope the latter is true. I hope that I would rather, I don't really care about filming it back to back so we skip the, you know, growth spurts. I'd rather they just write towards the actors, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the best bet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually a, I'm actually a fan of them filming three and four back to back, but when he makes comments like it's not possible to turn out episodes that quickly, I also kind of sympathize with the creators, and if that's what yeah. they're saying here, I don't want them. I want them to do things at their own pace, and um, sometimes those actors need that break, and uh, and then it always feels good for them to come back on set like a year later, and and you know get back in the saddle, and and everybody's had a little bit of breathing room to work on side projects and things like that. At, at this point, like if they're doing back to back to back, it just feels like the next like you know probably year of their life is just going to be stranger things day in day out so yeah because you would imagine that kind that of would... comment oh go ahead i was gonna say that kind of comment lets you know that the writers don't have it all mapped out either uh, they're not ready to just lay down the blueprint to film two two seasons back to back yeah i've i've heard varying stories like you know i've i've heard that matt matt and ross duffer both have had like they have an end game they know the end game but they don't but I mean, it's all the stuff leading up to that end game to get us there that maybe that they need to map out. So 
you know, I, 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 I'm thinking selfishly, like I want to see the, I don't want to see these kids get too old, you know, but on the flip side, like if the creators, if they need more time, that's what I want to give them. You know, I don't want this show to just be, you know, quickly churned out and them not to be passionate about doing it and, you know, kind of like dragging their feet <laughs> while making this. Give them, the, give them the time and, and, and let them kind of like recoup and, and, uh, and things like that. So yeah, I get it. Yeah. The world wants more Millie Bobby Brown now, Brian. Oh, I know. Let her do something else. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Give her that huge fucking deal. Fuck the rest of those kids. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck the kids. Yeah. Fuck that toothless wonder, that fucking Dustin kid. <laughs> anyway. Uh, he's the worst. I love that fucking kid. Oh, I no, I love him too. Yeah, he's fantastic. All right. Sometime in 2018, guys, we're going to get a uh, lock and key series on Hulu. This is the comic from IDW. It's written by Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, who also – he also uh, wrote Horns. That was the uh, – and they turned that into a a movie with Daniel Radcliffe playing the main character. I think it's on Netflix. But um, uh, I have not seen that. Um, truth be told, I haven't either. So um, the comic, yeah, it's written by Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, and drawn by Gabriel Rodriguez. And we have a director for Lock and Key. It director Andy Muschietti. Wow. He's for the whole series. Pilot like episode. Pilot? pilot episode so far. So they've got him on there for the pilot episode. So what's the premise of Lock and Key? The plot is presented in a in non-chronological order during the American Revolution. A group of rebels hiding beneath the future key house discover a portal to another dimension. The plains of Lang filled with demons which can mesmerize any who see them and possess through touch. However, when the demons attempt to enter the real world, they collapse into lumps of whispering iron, which young Smith Benjamin Locke forges into a variety of magical keys, including the Omega Key, which seals the entrance to the dimension. The magic of the key house gradually evolves over the years, including a spell which causes occupants to forget about the keys and the magic of the house when they pass their 18th birthday. So then uh, it's it's 1988, and we're introduced to the Locke family. The father of the family has been murdered, and so the kids and the mother, and every, they, they return to their, their father's childhood home. The Locke children return there, and it's, it's, uh, it's in secluded Lovecraft, Massachusetts. Their mother, Nina, is too trapped in her grief and a wine bottle to notice that all in Key House is not what it seems. Too many locked doors, too many unanswered questions. Older kids Tyler and Kinsey aren't much better, but not youngest son Bodie, who quickly finds a new friend living in an empty well and a new toy, a key that offers hours of spirited entertainment. But again, all at Key House is not what it seems, and not all doors are meant to be opened. Soon, horrors old and new, real and imagined, will come ravening after the locks and the secrets their family holds. This is, like, I haven't finished the series, but I've started it, and it is really fucking cool, man. Yeah, Lock and Key is super awesome. Yeah. Um, another way to get introduced to this world, if you would like to, uh, besides the comic, is there's a really neat audible uh, dramatization that they put out too. That's yeah. an audible exclusive. They've got some good actors doing that too. Yeah, I think Gillian Anderson, I think, is yeah. involved in there. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. I forget. 
I forget all the names. It's like a 17-hour production, I believe, though. Yeah. yeah. So it's got some meat to it. I It was free when I got it, but I think it, they may charge you like five bucks for it now. What's crazy about this project, though, is it, it's been in development for a long. Uh, it's been in development for a long time. It was originally set to be a film from Dimension Films, and then in February 2010, it was announced that Dimension had lost the adaptation rights to DreamWorks. And then Alex Kurtzman and Robert Orsi they signed on to develop and produce the project. And then in August of 2010, Steven Spielberg also joined as a producer. And then the production became a TV series rather than a movie adaptation. And Josh Friedman writing episodes for the show and acting as showrunner. Josh Friedman from Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Uh, I think the property does work better as a TV show, most likely, though, than a movie. The pilot of uh, the Josh Friedman uh, episode was uh, shown at San Diego Comic-Con back in 2011. And hmm. I heard mixed reviews. But um, I heard that it was actually the majority of people said that they liked it overall is what I've heard. So the, then they announced the film trilogy at San Diego Comic-Con in 2014, uh, making it for Universal. And then, then Hulu ordered a pilot based on the comic uh, with Carlton Cuse, Scott Derrickson, and Lindsay Springer as producers. And then in July of 2017, Derrickson was replaced by Andy Muschietti as the pilot's director. And uh, now they've said that Joe Hill himself, the writer of the comic book, is on as a writer for the Hulu series as well. So it'll be interesting. I, I don't know if they're going to let Joe Hill direct one of the episodes. We sometimes see that. They, they, might, they might even let him write, you know, a couple episodes totally. But uh, it's nice to know that he's going to be on there writing for the, for the, uh, for the show. So that's Yeah, cool. it's definitely his baby, and it's always yeah. nice when you get the creator involved so they don't make any giant missteps when it comes to adapting it for uh, TV or film. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that this works better as a uh, TV series as well, and I think Hulu is a great place for it now. Now that I'm, con- you know, now that I'm um, into this Handmaid's Tale, I, I I think that Hulu is a good place for it. I hope they do justice to to the Runaways too when that comes out here shortly. Yeah, I'm excited to see that Runaway show. I uh, I'll definitely be we'll definitely be talking about that the first week it's out. Two of the two of the kids in this uh, show were actually two of the kids that were in. Um, the It film, so um, Muschietti's going to be working with a couple kids from that. Megan Charpentier, who played Greta, is going to be in the series as one of the Locke children, and Jackson Robert Scott, who played Georgie, is going to pro- is going to probably be Bodie, the youngest of the Locke children. So, mm, okay, so none, none of the none of the main kids, no, two of the auxiliary kids. Okay, no, nope, none of the main kids. So. Frank, um, th- yep. the description, does this sound like something that you might give a chance, like you might want to watch? Uh, I'd definitely give it a shot. I think this could be a fantastic series, Jake. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Are we are we talking next year for this? Uh, they are. I mean, it's it looks like they just got the director together. Um, I don't know if it's going to be late 2018 or early 2019, but I don't... <sighs> No, sometime in 2018. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, probably around the around probably about a year from now, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. This is this has been a long, long time coming. I mean, this is definitely Joe Hill's baby. So I, yeah. I hope they do it justice. Absolutely, so it's good. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it, and I I think it all comes down to the child actors as well. You know, it's like we didn't get to see a lot of Georgie and Greta. 
But, you know, let them have their own series and let them stretch their legs, and we'll see what they can do. Uh, we talked a little earlier about Jordan Peele, and he's chosen his next project. We remember, like, Get Out was, like, the big smash hit. It, I mean, it had a $4.5 million budget, and it brought in $250 million. I mean, Damn. it's huge. It's like, yes. It's like, you know, like, like you know, we saw that with, uh, what's his name, Kumail Nanjiani this year with the big sick. I mean, small mm-hmm. budget. Mm-hmm. It, Broad, and even it, I mean, it had like a thirty-five million dollar budget, and then like in the first, what was it, the first fucking weekend, one hundred and twenty-three million, and now it's like the number one uh, horror movie of all time in the box office. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's an, it, big, it, big it year is. for horror. Big year for horror. Um, so it looks like um, we're gonna be getting more Jordan Peele, but it's not gonna be a film. It's gonna be a new TV series called The Hunt. And this news is according to THR. And I wanna I'm gonna give you the synopsis of the show, like kinda like what it's about, and I wanna know what your thoughts are, because I think that this could be a very, very cool show. Um, and especially with Jordan Peele doing it, it really has me intrigued. The show is set in the nineteen seventies and it follows a group of Nazi hunters as who set out on a mission to track down Nazis, who with the help of the US government has managed to escape justice and instill themselves in American society. Sonar Entertainment will also be involved in this. And so I say Sonar Entertainment, and you're like, who? Well, they're behind <laughs> Mr. Mercedes on the Audience Network, and I've loved that series. So, I mean, you've got Jordan Peele working with Sonar Entertainment on a series where we're going to get to see Nazi hunters in the 1970s. It's a period piece. I, I love this idea, and I can't wait for him to get started on this. Yeah, that does sound really cool. So I imagine it will be on the audience channel then? Um, I don't know if Sonar Entertainment is exclusive with the audience network. Um, It does not have – I think that it will probably be up for – I wouldn't mind if it's on the audience network. For me personally, I have have DirecTV, so I wouldn't mind. But, um, you know, it, it, it might be one of those things where different networks are bidding for this. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, this could be really good. I, I'm really surprised after the success of Get Out that he wouldn't want to do another film. But this does sound like a really cool project and yeah, very yeah. timely with a lot of the stuff going on right. in you know the news and media today. Yeah. So. Yeah, very cool. I, I would I would definitely pick this out. I think this has high potential. Frank, I do hope it's on something other than on the uh, what was that audience? Or- yeah. Encore. I don't know if I have that. I'd love it for it to be on something you know more generally accessible, so I could check it out. Yeah, I, I honestly think that it'll probably be one of those things where different networks are probably going to bid on it. You know, it'll mm-hmm. it'll go to the highest bidder, whoever wants it. So, but I don't know. I don't know if Sonar Entertainment has an exclusive deal with the Audience Network, that which is that's Directv's own channel. So if you don't have Directv, you don't really have access to it. So. Yeah, 70s period piece where they're hunting Nazis. Yeah. Definitely, definitely sounds That'd be like really a cool, cool premise. <laughs> Fucking A, I can't wait to see it, man. And it's Jordan Peele. I think he's going to he's gonna knock it out of the park. I mean, Get Out was just 
what a fucking brilliant movie, man. So I feel like, you know, like it's cool. Like it's cool though to see him even do the TV route because like I've, I've seen some, some really good TV directors. Like I've really been impressed with, uh, you know, what, like with what the Duffer brothers have done for, you know, Netflix and Stranger Things. And then of course, Noah Hawley, what he's done, you know, for, for FX with, uh, you know, Fargo and Legion. So I'm excited to see Jordan Peele kind of like cut his teeth on a television show. Yeah, TV's definitely a whole new game. It doesn't, it def, you don't like turn your nose up to it like you used to even like 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. I mean, when you see like Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman do Big Little Lies on HBO, you know, and we've seen it resurrect yeah. careers lately. I mean, Matthew McConaughey, we had the, uh, the McConaughey or whatever you want to call it after True Detective. So yeah, that's another great point. <laughs> yeah. The McConaughey. So yeah, got some Terminator Six news from THR. So mm. yeah, here's the article. Okay. After waving hasta la vista, baby, more than 25 years ago, Linda Hamilton is returning to the world of Terminator, reuniting with James Cameron, the creator of the sci-fi franchise, for the new installment being made by Skydance and Paramount. Cameron made the announcement at a private event celebrating the storied franchise, saying. As meaningful as she was to gender and action stars everywhere back then, it's going to make a huge statement to have that seasoned warrior that she's become return. So with Hamilton's return, Cameron hopes to once again make a statement on gender roles in action movies. Quote, uh, there are 50-year-old, 60-year-old guys out there killing bad guys, he said, referring to aging male actors still anchoring movies. But there isn't an example of that for women, I would say Helen Mirren in Red, right? Yeah, that, that's a that's a great example. Yeah, come on, like don't leave her out. She's she was fucking amazing in that movie. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Cameron recently said this about the upcoming film as well. Uh, I mean, a lot of things that were science fiction in Terminator are now around us. You know, from Predator drones and actual discussions on the ethics, on having a robot have its own kill decision possibilities, things like that. It's actually happening. So, okay, maybe there is room for a film that examines these themes. It just has to be retooled for an audience expectations now. I like to call that show Westworld, James Cameron. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. Whatever, dude. Um, hey, and Westworld doesn't rely on things that you liked 20 years ago. Yeah. So that's nice, too. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've actually heard... I, I want to open this up for discussion here in a moment, but uh, I want to I I throw this out there here real quick. No, I want to know what you guys are thinking about this. Let's stop here. Let's stop here. Uh, Jake, uh, Frank, Linda Hamilton coming back. What do you think about this decision to have her come back? After it's been, she hasn't been, she hasn't been involved with the Terminator franchise since 1991. So 26 years. We haven't seen her in any of the Terminator stuff. How do you feel about Linda Hamilton coming back? Does this change your mind at all? No, it makes me less excited, honestly. I mean, I love Linda Hamilton and the role she played in Terminator 1 and 2. But I mean, I don't, I want them to try to do something new. This is just more of what I had a problem with Arnold being in, the, in every movie. It's just like... I don't think they're going to come up with a great plot. They're just going to rely on, oh, we got Linda Hamilton back from Terminator 1 and 2. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, di I just don't care. So, okay. See, okay. All right. Frank, go ahead. 
it's not so much that she puts me off. It's it's sort of like what Jake was saying with the chemistry. Yeah. You got Arnold and you got James Cameron and her. I I just don't know that I need any more Terminator, to tell you the truth. Okay. No, I get it. 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 And I, it's I, – let me go over some new news that has come out about this that uh, – has me kind of conflicted now as like you know i'm i'm ready to I, I was ready to just say fuck terminator and now i'm conflicted man because i love the terminator terminator one terminator two i love those films love judgment day it judgment day is my favorite movie of all time all time <laughs> it's just it, i love that movie so much but um i've heard that this is a direct sequel to Terminator 2. I've heard that Terminator 3, Salvation, and Genesis are not in the mix at all. So Cameron isn't acknowledging them as canon. That's what I've heard. Now, this is fact. The fact is that Terminator Salvation is definitely not canon. Arnold Schwarzenegger said to uh, the Terminator fans, which is a website, at an event called An Experience with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I heard was limited to housekeepers, um, he said, "That uh, joke didn't go over well." Anyway, <laughs> I didn't even know it was a joke. Yeah, I didn't even. <laughs> Sorry, I was like waiting. I was waiting, and like nothing happened. Like he <laughs> fucked. He fucked his housekeeper. <laughs> that's like I, I thought that was legit news. I was like, oh my god. No, that's like that's like that's like uh, Mrs. Garrett fucking Mr. Drummond in different strokes. Like you know what he his wife died, so it doesn't count. Anyway, so um, but. That's what I'm hearing. I, we know from Arnold as a fact that Terminator Genesis is not canon, that, that they're throwing it out. But from that statement, we can also assume that the other two films that weren't directed by James Cameron would also follow suit, right? Yeah, yeah. Just throw it all out. Right. If you're going to do that, throw it all out. Okay. Bring it back. Yeah, I agree. So this is a, this is a direct sequel to Terminator 2 is what it sounds like. Now – what do we? Who do we have coming back? Now we know we've got Arnold coming back. What I don't like about this is is that Arnold is playing the original, uh, the basis for the Terminator. He's going to be the human guy that they made the Terminator from. Um, he's the model. He's the model. He's the human model. Now they ha- they have to do that at this point. Yeah, they can't make him the term. I mean, yeah, yeah. Do so. You got to do something different. What? Uh, okay, let uh, let me go over this. They've got a writers' room on this one too. The writers' room and Jake. I know this first name. It's going to jar you, and you're going to be like, "I'm out." But hold on, let me let let me just plow through this. The first writer is David S. Goyer, and they've got Josh Friedman though. They've got Josh Friedman. He was the head writer for the Sarah Connor Chronicles. So it's Cameron, Josh Friedman, and David S. Goyer in the writers' room that are developing these films. And we've also got Tim Miller, our first director for Deadpool, directing this film. The shooting is going to start in March of 2018. So any of this changed your mind? That, that, that basically – and what other movie recently did that? I can't think of it right now, Jake, where they, they, uh, they basically retconned it to where the other – a couple of other films did not count. It's, it's, a, it's a more recent film. Just kind of cut all the fat. Yeah. Uh, Another film did this – recently no well uh superman superman returns did it i mean it it was a direct sequel to superman 2 and they they totally just got rid of three and four quest for peace yeah 
That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, it's been done before. I mean, this is... I don't want this kind of thing to happen, really, but if you're going to do it, this is this is the way to do it. I guess there is potential here that this could be a good movie, but I'm, I'm still just... I can't drum up excitement for more Terminator stuff. How about this? What if I threw this... What if I threw this out of it? Yeah. Like, I'm not in the writer's room, so I don't know what they're going to do, but we've heard casting of Linda Hamilton. She's coming back as uh, Sarah Connor. And we've heard Arnold's coming back in some capacity as a different character. Robert Patrick, the T-1000, is not coming back from what I'm hearing. But, what you know, what we haven't heard a casting or anything like that or news of uh, John Connor. How about they kill the character off? How about he dies? Even, even <laughs> if, if it's off screen. That's been the whole thing is protecting John. John's the savior, right? What if, yeah, that's yeah. True. what if you killed John Connor? What if in the first five fucking minutes of this movie, and I don't care if they have Edward Furlong in there or not, it'd be nice. I don't know, but he he looked different. He he kind of looked like a uh, thinner, grizzled uh, uh, Josh Brolin when they showed the future John Connor. You know, like what if they showed? Yes, I agree. They showed that actor getting killed within the first five fucking minutes. They kept it a secret the entire time, like we didn't know. You know, like it'd be awesome to even go on to IMDb and see an actor listed for John Connor, just assuming it's going to be a bullshit fucking another Terminator movie. And within the first five to ten minutes, that John Connor that we're watching is killed. And so the whole the whole franchise is set up on this guy being the fucking savior and he's dead. I mean, I think that's a story you need to explore. I think that would be cool. You know, I just don't have any faith in that much like secrecy or creativity yeah this is the same franchise that last movie told you put all of its cards on the table don't you think that they don't you think that they should have learned from that though and i mean this is there i I, they should have learned from that even the director himself was pissed off at the fact that 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 was released in the trailers came out and said it to the media you know yeah so you'd hope that that they would learn from that but yeah, it's like that's that's what that's what they got to do to sell tickets, right? You know, that's what you, that's what you got to do to sell a comic book. You got to kill Superman, right? So yeah, hopefully the you know the Sarah Hamilton of it all and the Arnold of it all is enough that they don't have to spoil eighty percent of the plot too. I like how you called her Sarah Hamilton. You just mixed her character name and her real name. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, Sarah, I did. I did Linda Hamilton. Yeah, my, my apologies. No, I thought it was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jake. All in all, like, I can wish in one hand and shit in the other, see which one fills up first. I'm probably going to be let down by this film. Even though James Cameron's back, I'm probably going to be let down by this film. I don't know. This stuff was way cooler when I was a kid, and technology um, was not – I mean, you looked at that kind of technology back then, and we didn't – I mean, we didn't even really have the internet back then in 91. You know, I mean, there's a lot of technology we didn't understand. Like, there were drones. There were actual drones in that film. Like, you watch the beginning – of Judgment Day, and there's like little drones flying around. We don't, we don't, we didn't have drones back then. We got drones now, so it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it can capture the imagination. I, I, I don't know if it's all been done before. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, you're right. A lot of the mad movie magic of Terminator Two is just the effects to the level that we'd never seen before. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I know that James Cameron can, you know, do great action scenes, and I know Tim Miller can too. So I guess it all comes down to, I I, I, ho- I hope that uh, we do get to see, and I know Linda Hamilton right now is getting in shape. She's getting in Terminator shape. So I'm hoping that, you know, Cameron does live up to that promise. I don't agree with Cameron's statements of, you know, Wonder Woman, you know, what he, what he said about Wonder Woman. 
and basically why is she an icon and all this shit. Um, I, I don't agree with those statements. Oh either. yeah, that's that's classic Cameron claptrap. But on the flip side, I do want to see Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton, come back in this role in her sixties now, and fucking kick some ass. That would be awesome. And the the action set pieces in Terminator Two are the best action set pieces I can ever think of in any movie. I, Jake, I love that film. And it just happened to be come out at the right time in my life. And just hit all the beats for me, man. And I fucking love Terminator. It's a lot of it's nostalgia, man. A lot of it's nostalgia. I can watch that movie over and over and over and over again. So, and I want to thank a listener of ours, uh, Philip Guillet. He sent me a Terminator um, DVD, Terminator Two DVD that has like uh, special features and like deleted scenes that they've actually inserted into the film. So I want to thank him for that. That was very cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just actually recently saw the special edition, like, about a year ago. It was pretty neat. Yeah. So, I will so say watch, that... I believe... Go ahead, Frank. I will say if that there's anything story-wise that they can do with this to make you really want to have to see it... Yeah. ...that it's going to have to do with Sarah. Because, I mean, the first movie and part of the good, you know, massive chunk of the second... Mm-hmm. was about her and yeah. for her to be completely absent in those other films you know it takes something away from the story yeah. so if there's something good that can come of this if we got any kind of story at all it'll be with her involvement it'd be nice to see linda hamilton in something again i mean i know i i haven't seen her in much lately she was in defiance in the final season of defiance and i mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed defiance and um she was really good in that show i thought she was fantastic i mean she still got it and um, I think that she can come in here and nail it. And, and, and she's serious about this role. She's already, they said she's already getting in Terminator shape. So I don't, if, I don't know if people, you know, especially younger people wouldn't know this, but like when Linda Hamilton was in Terminator 2 and they showed her like how she had been working out and how cut she was for that film. Like that was a big deal. She was like on the cover of fitness magazines. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, she, she hosted Saturday Night Live. The year that Terminator 2 came out, you know, she did a mm-hmm. the sketch with Toons as, as the Terminator driving the car. <laughs> <laughs> Toons is the driving cat, which is like one of the best one of the best Toons's sketches ever. But um, yeah, I mean, that was a big deal because we hadn't seen a lot of women kicking ass in films back then, and she was kind of like it. Kind of like opened up everybody's eyes, and I. I remember, like, before the movie even came out, I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this This is the same actress that played the, you know, uh, the the soft woman in the first film that was wearing, like, the pink, you know, outfit a- as a waitress, you know, and was so soft-spoken. Right. And, and, uh, and here she is, you know, by the second movie, she really do- dove into that character head first and just fucking killed it. So, yeah, I agree. That's what's so disheartening about the stuff, the stuff that Cameron's saying about Wonder Woman now. Yeah, yeah, right, right. It's like he did such a great job for female action stars. It's like, okay, you didn't like Wonder Woman, maybe right. just don't say anything at yeah. all. Yeah, right. <laughs> Keep your fucking. I mean, I get just because we're not talking about Avatar, Cameron. Don't get uh, don't get angry at Patty Jenkins. Dances yeah, with blue I, aliens. Uh, yeah, it, it's, come on, James Cameron. Like, it's one thing for, you know, one of our listeners to not like Wonder Woman, whatever. That's, it's your opinion. Yeah, you know? I'm, yeah. not, I'm not taking that against you. Right. But James Cameron is a voice. And, yes. You know, a lot of people listen to that. And I, 
it's just a giant disservice. It's like, okay. And the whole thing almost seemed like a big advertisement for what he's going to do with this upcoming Terminator thing yeah. more than anything. Oh, too, yeah. Which kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, yeah. Uh, Patty Jenkins can't write women, but uh, I can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he uh, and basically he's, he's saying, like, all, all female characters have to be damaged for them to be good characters. It's kind of like – I know he didn't – he said it, but he didn't say it. I, you know what I mean? Because he, yeah, he talked he did about definitely it. critique Gal for being like basically too beautiful and yeah yeah it was some bullshit yeah so all right we are going to take another break and come back with Marvel news all right hey we are back and yay. it is uh. Ah, fuck this episode. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's where you were going. Yeah. All right, time for Marvel news. Marvel news. All right, so uh, we reported a couple weeks ago on some of the Thor Ragnarok set visit news. And uh, interestingly enough, there were things that were still embargoed about the film. So those things were about Kate Blanchett's character of Hela. So some of the things that are coming out now, uh, there's new things. And, and I don't know if the embargo's been totally lifted on all aspects surrounding the character of Hela, you know, during the set visits. <laughs> Because I know Kate Blanchett was interviewed. She was uh, she was interviewed during them, but like I haven't seen any of those interviews with her released yet. So I don't know. It's interesting. But Screen Rant they they did learn some Thor Ragnarok producer from uh, Thor Ragnarok producer Brad Winderbaum that Loki is responsible for Hela's arrival. Quote: When we left Loki. He kind of achieved his goals. He became the king of Asgard, and he is ruling that place. And what we come to learn, what Thor comes to learn early on, is that there's a lot of terrible things in the cosmos that just shouldn't be that way. And we learn that Odin was doing far more than it seemed on the surface to keep the universe safe. There were all these threats that he had quelled or was keeping at bay using his strength and power to do so. So that Loki was completely, oh, hold on, just lost it. Loki was completely unprepared for, so he becomes the king of Asgard. Everything is great. It's a good party, but he just failed to real, uh, but he failed to realize the threats that were just over the horizon. Hela being the biggest and most terrible one of all. So that's the end of the screen rat quote. So basically Loki's actions, as Odin, when he becomes Odin, and we saw that uh, in uh, Thor, the At dark the end of uh, the dark world. dark world. So whatever whatever his actions are as Odin, it sounds like that they might possibly grab the attention of Hela. So while Thor is hunting for Thanos, which has been confirmed that that is what he's been doing over the past couple of years since Age of Ultron. Loki has been fucking up Asgard in one way or another, which brings about Hela. So I'm, this is all speculation. So 
the battle we see in the trailer where Valkyrie and her warriors have been defeated is most likely the battle with Hela. So Loki, Loki might reveal to her willingly or unwillingly to Hela, she might find out that Odin is gone, that he's been playing the king, and now Hela comes to destroy Asgard. So, which by the end of the movie, Valkyrie, who was banished by Odin by failing to stop Hela, sees it's more important to stop Hela now than to worry about getting back at Thor, the son of Odin, and the king that banished her from Asgard. She'd been defeated by Hela at the beginning, that battle, and then banished because of that. So she's got to pick the lesser of two evils here, possibly. And she probably still has some sort of an allegiance to Asgard, even though being banished, she still doesn't want to see Hela take it over. So that's that's all speculation in my guessing. I like it. I, I think that's a lot of good stuff. Um, I, you know what? I was actually concerned that the stuff at the end of Thor Dark World wasn't really going to get addressed very much just from what we've seen from the trailer. Yeah. So this this stuff kind of puts me at ease in that way, too. Yeah. And I, I feel kind of naive for not just realizing it was classic Loki played both sides stuff going on. Because right. the, the trailer stuff very much plays Loki off as Thor's unwitting partner once again. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see that. And I, I, I do like it. I think it's a cool plot point that... Uh, Loki as Odin isn't holding it down. Like he doesn't, he thought it was all, you know, peaches and cream running Asgard. Right. Odin was doing a lot more than he did. He knew. And yeah. the next thing you know, you got Hela knocking at the door, getting ready to take the whole place over. And yeah. even Loki doesn't want that. So at that point, he's going to have to enlist, you know, Thor, who is going to, is going to help him. Yeah. He doesn't want that take over either it sounds like every <laughs> thor movie in a way <laughs> yeah so once when you kind of boil it down to just the essence of the plot points yeah i, I think you're you're right on track to what, what's gonna happen and that, yeah. that's interesting though i like it yeah we still gotta figure out though like like what is odin's deal now like we've seen like the uh, and this is a little bit of spoilers because there have been p- pictures released on the internet you know twitter instagram of like you know production uh photos and we've seen, like, uh, it looks like Odin is actually on Earth, and he's like a uh, a bum, like, living on the street. So, I mean, has his memory been erased? And and maybe every once in a while he'll, like, remember that he was the king of Asgard. And, and uh, you know, may, uh, maybe people look at him like the crazy guy talking to himself, like, on the street, you know? He's like... So it'll be interesting. The end is coming. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to him. Like, is he losing his mind because he's been banished from Asgard, or has he supposed to have gone through his Odin sleep and like that's not happening, and that's another reason that Asgard is open to? Um, well, I think Asgard's open to to threats because he's not there. So yeah. Do you think we'll get the ret- return to Odin of power by the end of this movie? I don't know. Dan, when Dan was on, Dan West was on our show, he said something like, uh, he thinks Odin might die and we might get King Thor. So, mm. Dan said, you know, when they showed him in the, in the trailer, when they showed Thor in the trailer and he gets hit by the lightning, it might be the fact that, um, you know, he's now, he's now King of Asgard. So, it'll be interesting to see, man. I don't know how long they're gonna keep going with Anthony Hopkins in that role and how long he's going to want to play it. I got to imagine Anthony Hopkins has really enjoyed his time being part of the MCU. If Anthony Hopkins is willing to help out in Transformers five, I got to imagine <laughs> as long as they write Anthony Hopkins a paycheck, he'll show up. You got to, Jake, you got to admit though, he looked like he was having a fucking blast in that movie. 
In Transformers? Yes. Oh, I agree. I agree. He had a grand old. No one was going <laughs> to tell him what to do or not to do on Transformers. Oh, Bye. my. Yeah. Oh, my God. When he walked on set, it, it just looked like he had a – that movie was garbage, man. But he looked like he was having a fucking blast. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that, that car chase scene. Oh my god, he was just—he was loving it, man. <laughs> oh man, have you seen Transformers Five yet, Frank? No, and you- I, if I can be fortunate, I never will. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's 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 a good watch to to make fun of, man. It really is. Yeah, better than four. Frank, to make fun of, or just in general? In general, it's better yeah. than four. Oh, really? It's a better movie than four, I think. Okay. Cuts out all that fat with the uh, girlfriend boyfriend stuff. Take a final transformer. Yeah. Frank Grillo, the actor who plays Crossbones in the MCU, talked with Forbes and teased a potential return to the character. Uh, didn't didn't Crossbones die in the Winter Soldier? I thought he blew yeah, up. I thought he, I thought he blew up. Yeah. Yeah, he had a bomb strapped to his chest and exploded. So. I don't, was it seen on camera or is it like uh you know no you know like is it one of those things like no body no death i don't know like what yeah it was the it was the goriest scene in the movie they didn't shy away at all okay yeah I mean, you, you saw entrails <laughs> oh, he said this uh, no, is... I'm, be, I'm being a jerk sorry it was so so was it on it was not on screen no i don't think so i think they you hear the explosion and the camera pans away i think but, yeah you know yeah so he, this is his quote to Forbes. He says, it's great to be a part of Marvel 2, um, and I have three boys who are fanatical about Marvel. And I was surprised not too long ago because there is some news that nobody knows yet to do with my character that's going to be really interesting, and I'm excited about that. So it's weird that he says that. I mean, why would they do a flashback scene with the character? Um, that seems <laughs> odd. So I don't know if we can cross that out. Is the character coming back? But see, what's weird about this is that earlier this year, I think in January, he said he was done in an interview with Collider. He goes, here's his quote, there's nowhere for it to go unless you're Captain America or Iron Man. They were talking about it, but I was like, you know what? I'd just rather not do it. So sounds like he was he personally was done with the character and – now it sounds like he's wanting to come back. I don't know. And it, it, like, how? How is he going to come back when he had a bomb strapped to his chest and he exploded? <laughs> Thanos. Thanos brings him back to life with the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Why? Why would that concern I, I, Thanos? He needs crossbones. <laughs> he, he needs a guy to strap a cosmic bomb to his chest and rob a bank. If that, stop uh, Nebula and Gamora if, fighting this time. If Frank Grillo comes back as one of the Black Order, I'm I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I like like my theory of like the you know, you know the Warriors Three and Seth being the Black Order. I like that one, man. I don't Frank Frank or just even <laughs> fucking I don't know Thanos bringing back all the dead villains. Kind of silly. <laughs> kind of silly. Uh, yeah. I, they're gonna get uh, oh, who's the guy that was the Red Skull? I forget the actor's name now. Sam Neill. No, no. it was uh, Elrond from uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah they'll get him. Confused. Put the makeup on his face again. I another not, skin rash. I believe he is done with Marvel. Yeah. He did no not. more skin rashes. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, I'm, who the fuck is excited about more crossbones? <laughs> um, Frank Grillo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the paycheck, yeah. yeah. This is confirmed, guys. Brie Larson will appear as Carol Danvers in Avengers 4. Uh, Atlanta Filming and Just Jared both have photos of her reporting to set. She will have scenes with Captain America. And, um, cause there's been pictures of her and Chris Evans. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I can't wait to see her in costume. I, I can't wait for that reveal. Like, when are we finally going to get to see that picture of Brie Larson yeah, in, but in the costume? That'll be crazy, though, because the costume that you see in this movie may not be the costume that you see in her movie, with her movie being the uh, period piece that it's going to be. Yeah. And this being the modern interpretation of the character. Yeah. Could we just see Carol Danvers? Or is, or is, she, or is she going to be in costume? With the event, I think she'll, I think she'll be in costume. I think it'll be very much like the Spider-Man introduction, where we're gonna want to see her kicking ass and making quips. Okay, yeah, I, I hope to see her in costume as well. Um, I think it's gonna also be interesting in how her and Cap get along at first. I mean, with them both being, you know, both of both have been in the military, and then both of them, you know, both being, you know, born leaders, natural leaders. Is it going to be one of those things where they're going to? Um... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, are they setting up the next leader of the Avengers here, Jake? Are we going to get? Is Cap going to die? Yeah, I don't know. I I still think it'd be cool to do the uh, the two Avengers thing in the movies, the, the two opposing teams of Avengers, yeah. and like explore that a little bit more deeper than just the briefness that happened in uh, Civil War. Okay. Yeah. So I do think Cap will die at some point in the movies too. I think that's just too juicy of a comic book nugget for them to not do. Does it all just go back to the contract of Stan, Sebastian Stan? I mean, the nine, nine, the nine film deal. You know, like people have been talking about. Um, you know, the Winter Soldier taking over the role, and uh, you know, like w- when we look at when we look at Cap in uh, you know the when we saw that trailer. Uh, and we've seen the the pictures of him. It looks like he's in a black costume. It kind of looks like he could be going nomad. Yeah, he's a little bit more uh, facial hair heavy, yeah. too. So, yeah, that's a good perception. It does look like he is uh, going a little, little bit nomad. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Cap could die. I think Cap will die and come back, though. When, when they kill off Chris Evans' Cap, it won't be the last we see of Chris Evans' Cap. I agree 100%. 100%. I agree with that 100%. Frank, so any, he'll, and it'll, he'll, he'll be back? You think when they when they do decide to kill him off? Yes. I think they'll kill him off and he'll come back within like a three to five year span. Yeah. But as the same actor? Yes. Without, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Somebody will take over the mantle, I believe. It, it, it would more than likely be... It's got to be one of the two. It's it's either going to be Falcon or it's going to be, you know, the Winter Soldier. One of those take over the mantle of Captain America. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. You're saying that they would do it for a little while and then he'd get it back. Yes, that's exactly okay. what I'm saying. I would have yeah, to. I, I can see that. My my give Chris Evans a break. I swing a little bit more to Sebastian Stan taking over that role just because of the nine picture deal. Yeah, that's always been the the thing that's been staring you in the face. Is it, it seems like that would make 
so much sense. Who do I think is the better actor between Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan? I'm going to go Anthony Mackie all day. So. Yeah. Yeah, I really haven't seen Sebastian Stan and cut his teeth in much of anything. He was in Logan Lucky, and he had su- it's such a small role. But, I mean, every small role that I've seen Anthony Mackie in, he's just nailed it. I mean, he was fantastic in Detroit. And I know he did that movie with uh, Kevin Costner, which I haven't seen. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, me personally, I think that Anthony Mackie, as far as, like, being able to, to handle the role as in an acting Acting wise, I think he would be the better choice, but I can't see them not picking Sebastian Stan after that nine picture deal. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. If they pick Sebastian Stan, it, it makes me think it's not going to be very long. Like it'll be like one, one Avengers movie, and yeah. then by the next Avengers movie, Chris Evans will be back. I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. This is you're just not going to have that same. No matter who you pick, you're not going to have the same dynamic that you that that we've had with, with Robert Downey Jr. and and Chris Evans. Is there a chance that Robert Downey Jr. dies? I mean, I'm still yeah. thinking that there's a chance that 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 he dies in this in this next Infinity War film. I I still feel like that scene with Spider Man that Spider Man's apologizing because maybe he's going to die. I don't know. I, it just felt that way to me watching it. Yeah, I think it could happen. And as far as that goes, I think if they kill Iron Man off, we will. That'll be it. We probably Robert Downey Jr. Jr. will show up for some flashback scenes for movies and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I don't think we'll see him anymore once they kill him off. Yeah. So are they ready to let him go though? Hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they can handle it or not. We know that Don Chadle's coming back as uh, War Machine for. Infinity War, Inf- I think in I think part f- the the Avengers four. I think I think I think that that's what he's coming back for. I could be wrong because you know didn't uh, what's her face, um, Gwyneth Paltrow kind of leaked that information recently. Uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't think she's coming back. Is she? Yes. Yes. She. They've got oh. pictures of her on set. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, she's worked out. She's worked out something with uh, basically like I, I'm paraphrasing, but her quote was recently that um, you know like why am I not doing this? Uh, within moments of being back on set with these guys, I was having a great time. So she she's really enjoyed coming back and doing these uh, playing Pepper Potts, and she did. She mentioned that she was on set, not that, that she was talking, not while they were filming, but just the actors that were on set that she was talking to and she mentioned Don Chadle. So we know he's coming back from one of these Avengers films. Do you think that he's going to be using like Stark Tech to walk again after the injury or Yeah, I think he'll have or just be in the suit. Yeah. Or have some kind of propulsion system. That that'll be cool. Yeah. So, very cool. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Matthew Vaughn has expressed interest in uh, possibly directing Man of Steel 2, but now in an interview with Cinema Blend He's revealed a Marvel franchise he's interested in, the Fantastic Four. Here's his quote. Um, the other one I felt an obligation to do is, I wouldn't mind maybe making a Fantastic Four film to apologize to everyone out there that maybe it didn't go very well for them. It's brilliant. It's 
one of my favorites is the Fantastic Four. So maybe one day I'll try and rectify the mistake. I think he's just like doing a lot of these press interviews, Jake. You know, uh, you know, <laughs> Kingsman coming out and people are talking to him and they're asking him questions like, "Oh yeah, I see that you've been talking about you know doing a Superman movie. What what other what other comic book franchise would you might be interested in taking over?" And he just threw that out there as an answer. I, I don't think that there's any steam behind this at all. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I you might as well. It's not going to hurt him any. Yeah, you know he's in, he's in the news already. You might as well throw out Fantastic Four. Yeah, it makes a headline, then, right? Yeah, and you never know. I mean, it's not going to be tomorrow, but right. shit, maybe ten years from now, things are in a different place, and you know it, it puts his kind of name in the bucket. Okay, so you're Laura, yeah. you're you're Laura, Laura Schuler Donner, you know, over at Fox. Mm-hmm. And you and you you read this statement. Do you, do you get on the horn with this guy? Uh, potentially. I mean, I, I think you. Uh, man, I don't. I think you need to wait a little bit longer still, and let the stench of what happened before wash away a little bit longer. We're, uh, we're getting a Doom movie. We're getting a Doctor Doom movie yeah. from Noah Hawley. I think that works a little bit better though, because we're we're centering on Doom. We're not centering on. Fantastic Four for the fourth time. Uh, it's just weird. So, it's weird. We're gonna do a movie without Reed Richards, then? I I don't know. I, I I think Reed Richards will be in it, but Doom will still be the centerpiece. All right. The Venom so. movie with no Spider Man, uh, and, and, and a Doom <laughs> movie with who knows what. Frank, what are you yeah, thinking? I, um, I uh, the Fantastic Four right now. I mean. I don't think they need to go to that well again. But how long do they have before the rights revert? They're going to have to come up with something. Soon, I don't know. My right? best, my best guess, Frank, is after each movie, they have seven years. That's my best guess. Like some, I, I, I don't know if it's different with other studios and other, you know, uh, uh, with other properties. But as far as like the Marvel stuff is concerned, I believe it's seven years, and uh, it may go down after that. You know, I mean, yeah. after like, you know, a decade passes, then they have like six years or, you know, five years before the rights uh, re- revert back to Marvel. So, right. I, I, yeah. I mean, at this point, really, what do they got to lose? I, I, I wouldn't see any reason why it wouldn't be a good effort. I mean, uh, I, I love first class. So. I'd like to see him get a shot. That's a great point, Frank. You know, and we've already got a director, Matthew Vaughn, who did First Class, who's already done a team film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is great. Uh, Yeah, I I think in doing it, like, First Class is, like, a great, like, you know, back-in-time movie, like a set piece like that. So maybe you could do that, like, 60s Fantastic Four movie. Oh, I love that, Jake. That would be a a great idea. Jake, I love that. I love that. I got a fucking heart on right now. I mean, (laughs) and, like, and I think that's kind of Matt Vaughn's, like, bag. Like, we we know what he wants to do with Man of Steel is Mm -hmm. basically, like, that kind of thing, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you harken back to more of the older style of movies. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Matt, Matt Vaughn's not a bad pick. For a Fantastic Four movie, yeah, he can't do much worse than what's been done before. Exactly. I guarantee, without even seeing it, that the Matt Vaughn Fantastic Four movie would be <laughs> hands down the best Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh man, 
Yeah, it's hard, man. I know that Trank movie, dude. I, I know, man. It left <laughs> left a bad taste in everybody's mouth except for Finn Dietzkrieg. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't – I mean, I maybe – Let's let's see what this Doom movie does, and then let's go from there. But if I was uh, if I was Laura Schuler Donner, man, I would I would kind of keep this in my hip pocket and see like what Matthew Vaughn's got planned after uh, after this Kingsman thing. So I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, exactly. Chairman and CEO of 20th Century Fox, Stacy Snyder, sat down with Variety and gave details about the upcoming New Mutants film, which recently wrapped filming. Uh, here's the, here's what she said. New Mutants is about these teenagers who are just coming into their powers. It's like watching mutants go through adolescence and they have no impulse control. So they're dangerous. The only solution is to put them in a quote, breakfast club detention slash cuckoo's nest institutional setting. It protects the people on the outside, but it's strange and combustible inside. The genre is like a haunted house movie with a bunch of hormonal teenagers. We haven't seen a superhero movie whose genre is more like The Shining than We're Teenagers, Let's Save the World. So that's that was Stacy Snyder, the 20th Century Fox CEO, uh, talking about New Mutants. Um, and then we can kind of like pair that with, uh, you know, other statements that we've heard about this, that it's going to be. Did they say this is going to be R-rated? I think yeah, they did. Yeah, R-rated like a horror movie. R-rated right? like a horror movie. So you say R-rated like a – I'm getting I'm getting kind of like a feel here when, he's, when, when she's saying it's like Breakfast Club meets the Cuckoo's Nest. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And yeah, that sounds great. I'm getting the feel here though like this is going to be like another – like It movie possibly? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is it going to be as edgy as, um, I don't know, like a as an R-rated horror movie? Or is this going to be kind of more like your It film where I felt like, for me, It wasn't like really just like a, I don't, I don't know if It put the horror first for me, but that's just my personal opinion. I think it's going to be more of a body horror, though. It's going to be like what grotesque things are happening to me because of the mutant gene. And that's where like the like the shining element comes in, like they were saying. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so I want it to be more like the fly than it would be like Josh Trank's Fantastic Four, where he tried to do that body horror. That was just terrible. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. But I think this, I think this, just by nature, lends itself more to that kind of genre, just because you have so much to play with, like with Fantastic Four locked into you have to have the flame guy the rock guy and yada 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 where with the mutant gene you can your imagination's the limit you know yeah i don't know i'm so, uh wolf spain's a good example of that i don't know i think there's a lot of potential here there's potential i'm just i don't know i'm not like chomping at the bit for this thing i don't know there's potential we'll see who the fuck was directing this thing i can't remember this is the one that's got uh, Macy Williams, right? Yeah, she's Wolf Spain. Yeah, yeah, I want to see this thing. Yeah, I'm, I'll I'll see it. I'm just I don't know. I, th- these statements were a lot better than the first statements that we read, but mm. we'll see. 
We'll see how it goes, man. It's interesting. You know, I I, I do got to commend Fox for for doing shit different. I I, I you know, like uh, the singer verse has been more the same, but they knocked it out of the park with Deadpool. They gave us a unique a unique R-rated film, and they knocked it out of the park with Logan with the with the with the noir feel. I mean, they they're doing yeah, great point. They're trying to do superhero movies. But do them differently, and, and I, I applaud yeah. them for that. So, yeah, yeah both for that outside. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the director <laughs> looks to be Josh Boone, who did the Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He knows kids. He knows how to, not in a bad, evil way. Uh-huh. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. I agree, I, and I think I think he's also a guy that that can make it like awkward and actually bring the kind of the horror, the R-rated stuff too. We'll see. So. We'll see. I mean, that's going to be interesting. The Fault in Our Stars was that was a fantastic movie. I really like it. Also, El Gort was in that one. It was really good. Splash Report. Splash Report. Man, it sounds like that could be a porn site, right? Mm. <laughs> sure. It claims sure. money shot report. Exactly. <laughs> Splash Report claims to have info on the on again, off again, on again Gambit film. The movie itself has lost two directors. Rupert Wyatt, they lost him first. He was the director for the first Planet of the Apes film, The Rise of the Planet of the Apes, with this new trilogy. Then they got Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman says, <laughs> I, I can't connect with any of these fucking Creole characters. I don't get it. I don't know. Why, why the fuck did I sign on to this thing in the first place? I'm Doug Lyman. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doug Lyman got woke. <laughs> he got woke. He can't do it. He's like, I don't want to work with Channing Tatum. <laughs> I'm out. Doug Lyman, I lie, man. See ya. I'm out. So I don't know who's attached now. I don't know who's officially attached, but I'm hearing Frank Darabont could be writing and directing this thing. But I have no clue. That's yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I blew did I blow your fucking mind with that one? That did blow my mind. Yeah. It's a it's a rumor, yeah, dude. That I, happens. Wow, I actually care. Me too. I, I see that's a thing. I mean Oh man, I think they, they need to like Fox. I think Fox has kind of learned their lesson um, a little bit, a little bit. I think Dark Phoenix is going to be a pile of shit, but that's besides the point. That's besides the point. <laughs> I mean, I think that they they're, they're, they're definitely doing something different over there with Deadpool and Logan, and, and they and they've seen success with it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a big budget. Yeah, you're film. right. Oh, go ahead, Jake. They're just riding it out with Dark Phoenix and. And, like, to speak to your earlier point, it's like, yeah, they're doing a good job with all the superhero movies. Like, it's a, we don't need to see the same paint-by-number superhero movie 18 times a year. Right. Yeah. So it is nice that they're going to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Here's what Splash Report is claiming to know about the script. Um, I'm going to read it all. Uh, a couple paragraphs here. Remy LeBeau, Channing Tatum, is on trial in New Orleans. He's considered a huge security risk. We flash back to almost 25 years before. Master thief Luke LeBeau runs into eight-year-old Gambit while doing a heist. Impressed by his skills, he offers to take the mutant orphan under his wings. Raised alongside other strays he calls cousins, the teenage Gambit becomes the superstar of the Thief Guild. He encounters Bella LaDonna Boudreau while on the run from the police. Sparks immediately fly since Bella is a fellow mutant. 
their love is directly pro- uh, prohibited by both families since the Boudreaux are sworn enemies of the Lebeau clan, deciding to unite the two sides. Remy offers to have the two clans team up on a huge heist to profit both families. Of course, the whole plan goes awry, and in the chaos, Marianne Boudreaux shoots and kills Luc Lebeau. We jump to ten years later. Gambit is hired to do a job in Paris to steal something from the the Louvre Museum. It was apparently a test job to see if he still has it. His mysterious employer is revealed to be Nathaniel Essex, a.k.a. Mr. Sinister. He offers Gambit $40 million to recover a mysterious trunk that was stolen by the Bedro clan. It will be auctioned off during the yearly Thieves' Ball, where all the criminal organizations in the world meet up. It uses New Orleans Mardi Gras celebrations as a cover. Gambit decides to enlist a crew of mutants to pull off this seemingly impossible heist. So it's kind of like Ocean's Eleven meets mutants? Yeah, that that really, oof, that did not sound that great to me. No. So... Yeah. Didn't didn't I Channing Tatum didn't Channing Tatum just do a uh, heist film? Logan Lucky? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. I <sighs> I don't know how reliable Splash Report is as how reliable their sources are. Um but we've mentioned them a couple times now this episode and on another episode. But man, I I was hoping for more of just like I don't know if I need a heist movie. I, I feel like I, with the Thieves Guild, I, I do like warring guilds. I, I, do, I like that idea of like warring guilds and, may, and maybe maybe Gambit, you know, stuck in the middle. I like that, but like, I don't know. The, I don't know. It, at least, I'm not, I don't know. This, yeah, this didn't. Yeah, the Gambit. The, I, I'm not very excited for the Gambit movie. I think yeah, it, they announced Durabont, then I imagine he would have to do a complete rewrite, right? He wouldn't do any of that nonsense. I would hope not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean I don't know. I I know I, I know that there could be a good movie with this somewhere. In there somewhere there could be a good movie. But none of this has me excited. So yeah, you're right. Casting's good. I don't. It's not Tatum as Gambit isn't a problem. It's just that so far all the plots we've heard just sound all real like you know ho hum. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna jump into DC so, news. Mm. We're gonna jump into DC news, but first we have a news. We have uh, we have word from our sponsor here. So I gotta go over this week's sponsor, Jake. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. This week's uh, sponsor is Studios. Big time. We're big time in it. Your internet fucking sucks. I'm gonna. We're gonna hop off real quick. Okay. We're gonna start. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm gonna call you back. Then we'll go over our sponsor. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. We're back, and uh, this week's sponsor is Studio Sweden. That's awesome. What do they make? It's a lifestyle brand, Jake. They make premium. Life. Yeah, lifestyle brand. This ain't no regular brand. <laughs> lifestyle brand they make (laughs) i see i see well how will they change my lifestyle they make premium headphones with studio quality sound and a classic scandinavian design jay classic scandinavian design (laughs) there's no seriously 
I like headphones, and I like Scandinavian. Well, Jake, these headphones screen Scandinavian design. <laughs> like when I when I when it first like popped, and when I first took them out of the package, and I looked at these headphones, I thought to myself, "Holy shit, that's definitely Scandinavian." Oh shit, and that's a classic Scandinavian design. No, they actually look really nice. They're comfortable. Um, I received uh, in the mail a pair of these headphones. They're called the Regent. Which sounds like the name of a condom, kind of too, right? Yeah. I, does it have ridges? Or like a dildo, maybe the Regent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's for it's like purple because it's regal. Yeah. Um, the Regent. Yeah, I guess I like my. I also like my like headphones to sound like a hotel chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, because like B. Look the Regent up on Yelp right now. Because uh, doesn't Beats? If Beats was like a hotel name, that would that'd be more like a motel. Where like sounds like uh, oh there's like a lot of domestic violence going on at the old Beats motel. Twenty eight bucks an hour. Regent Regent oh. sounds classy. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, I would rather stay at the Regent than at the Beats hotel. <laughs> and when it comes to sound, it's a lot better than Jake's internet. It sounds really good. That's not saying much. Okay. The Regent is Studio Sweden's premier on-ear model with impeccable clarity in the instrumental tones and well-balanced sound. 24, check this out, 24-plus hours of active battery life, Jake. That's right. Oh, wireless? Wireless, yeah. Yeah, you can, you, can, you, can, you can wire it, too, if you want to. It comes, with, it comes with a cord. You can plug them in directly. But if you want to go Bluetooth, wireless, you can. These are Bluetooth headphones. And there's 20 days of standby life. So if you if you want to know that you got power just sitting there for fucking 20 days not using the thing, you can rest assured that that thing's on for 20 days when you're not using it. Yeah, that's nice because I, I hate when you charge something and you don't use it for a month and then it's dead. So you charged it for nothing. The Regent is the perfect companion for you at home or on the go. It will connect to any device that has Bluetooth, but there's also an auxiliary cord you don't want to use the wireless option. And I've already talked about that, but I'm reading the bullet points they wanted me to go over. So I said it again. So I'm going to, I'm reiterating the shit that I already said, but in their <laughs> words now, you can also personalize your Regent interchangeable caps, such as white or black marble designs. You want, hey, you want more Scandinavian designs? Throw some marble caps on that fucker, right? And what do you like, white or black? Jake, why do we got to go down that road? <laughs> why, why, why do you why do you gotta why do you gotta make me choose huh why do we got <laughs> of course i like the black ones jeez man All right. unbelievable did i i just lost sound you guys still there yeah i'm here got real low you know what yeah, you got quiet yeah i don't know what happened oh i don't know what happened you know, you know what? what? You know why it sounds like shit? Because I'm not using the Regent headphones right now. <laughs> All right, there you go. You fixed it. Am I back? Yeah. Yes. All right. Full force. The combination of high polished metal and matte surfaces embodies the vision of Scandinavian design, guys. Got it. I'm in awe of every word you're saying. I'm every word you're saying is choppy, so I'm not <laughs> in awe. Oh shit! I, I'm done. 
Fuck this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even know why I'm here to just sound like shit and have bad internet. So I hope everyone enjoyed Jake Elliott podcast. No. This is, this is this is the end of it. You are, no. Stop it. It's Stop done. It. I won't mention it anymore, all right? <laughs> Not mentioning it isn't going to do it any favors. All right. Oh, man. Studio. Wants to revolutionize the way people see headphones. It's not just a tech device, but also an accessory. Currently, the headphones market can offer you one of two things. Jake, what are those two things? Take a guess. I, I have no idea. Frank, you got you got any guesses? Uh, attachable microphone. I don't know. Affordability. Afford- okay. Wouldn't it be great, like, you know, wouldn't it be great if headphones could actually offer you actual head? <laughs> I didn't think that was part of the Scandinavian design. I wouldn't I wouldn't think in that way. Oh, no, no. You're absolutely right. No, the answer is style or tech. Usually, usually they can offer you one of two things. You usually don't get both. But, fa- see, fashionable headphones tend to lack the proper sound quality and high-tech variations are bulky, and and not design-oriented. Studio wants to bridge that gap while emphasizing our modern Scandinavian design. They're really stressing that Scandinavian design. <laughs> That's their big selling point. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, where can I finally get headphones with a Scandinavian design? Right here at Studio. Don't look any further. What are you doing? Hey, what are you, what the, get the fuck back here. It's all right here at Studio. They also provide a product that matches the quality of even the highest rated headphones on the market for a fraction of the cost. And that's true. That's true. Um, how much are Beats? How much are those things? Oh, like 300 bucks. 300 bucks. Yeah. I mean, these, these headphones are $100. But you know what? We can save you even more money today by listening to the podcast. What a, what a fucking deal, huh? That is a deal. How much? You know what? They, hold on. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. They provide free worldwide shipping, Jake. Worldwide. Did you ever think that you would get free shipping on Scandinavian designed headphones? <laughs> You're blowing my mind. I, I'm upset my internet isn't working, so you can you can hear exactly how like much I'm freaking out about this. <laughs> In addition, now this is really cool. In addition, during the month of October, as part of a breast cancer breast cancer fundraiser. Studio is donating 10% of all of their profits on their pink products to the Pink Ribbon Foundation in Sweden. That's a good cause. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. Getting in on that uh, Pink October stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. So, uh, honestly, Jake, I've been using these for the past week. Like, the real test for me was when I was mowing the lawn. So, for me, it's like when I mow my lawn, I... What the hell is going on with my mic? It's pissing me off. Do I sound okay? Yeah, you sound yeah. fine. All right. But uh, the real test for me is like when I'm mowing my lawn because I like to listen to podcasts when I mow my lawn. When I have earbuds in, they sound okay. But like I, I strapped these regents on. Yeah. Not the condom. I strapped the... Uh, <laughs> whoa. Yes. Whoa. What do you mean, whoa? Oh, oh Jay, you, go. you got real quiet again. See, something's going on. Hold on. I'm taking a pause. You you went away again. Yeah, I know. Something's going on with the mixer. Hold on. We're taking a pause. I'll finish this shit. 
All right, Jesus. This is the worst ad for a product ever, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I think we're going to lose the sponsorship. Anyway. <laughs> sternly written email. We want those headphones back. Yeah, probably. Um, but no, it's great. Yeah. You know, they're giving their pros 10%, 10% of their proceeds, the profits, is going to go to help uh, Pink Ribbon Foundation in Sweden uh, for those uh, – the that's nice. Yeah, it's good. So even if you don't buy the pink stuff, you're still. No, it's it's uh, the pink stuff. You got to buy the pink products. Oh, okay. Yeah, I fucked up there. You got to buy the pink shit. <laughs> anyway, make uh, make sure to go to studiosweden.com and use our code popculture15 for fifteen percent off your order and get great sounding headphones, and you can save some breasts too. Awesome. Oh, man. What a noble pause. What a noble pause, more like. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke, Jake. You'll like it if you hear this. <laughs> anyway, yeah, go to studiosweden.com, use the code popculture15, get 15% off your order. I mean, these are $100 headphones. You can get them for 85 bucks then, and then it's uh, free shipping. Free shipping worldwide. Scandinavian design. Yeah, style and tech. And Scandinavian design. <laughs> Johannes is really going to love that. Oh, he's, he is, yeah. He's going to love it. Scandinavian no, himself. I'll be honest with you. I mean, they're good headphones at a fraction of the cost. I mean, and they do look nice. And it, I was telling you, like, the, the true test for me is, like, when I mow my lawn. And I, I put these on, and I was able to hear podcasts, no problem. Like, you know, it with the, with the headphones, it kind of noise-canceled everything, and they did they do sound really good. So use the code POPCULTURE15 at studiosweden.com. I've also got the, 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 uh, the link in the show notes. And get great-sounding headphones and save some tits, too. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> All right, guys, it's time for DC News. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. Worst episode ever, right, guys? Yes. Jake? It's, yeah, yeah. It's close. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. <laughs> you got me signing on. That's an issue. It's bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Gal Gadot's going to... It's all my fault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd rather have you here than not, Jake. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> Gal Gadot's going to be hosting Saturday Night Live in October. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for yeah. the Gal Gadot. All right, live. I hope she's good. All right, good start to the segment. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's take another break. Take another break. Be right, be right back. Jesus Christ. Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. 
they're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers and on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right, yeah, we're back. It's DC News. Uh, Jake, your internet is better. Yes, yes, I'm on my cellular data now, so let's do that. <laughs> uh, pre-production of the HBO series Watchmen from Damon, uh, Damon Lindelof has started. Lindelof posted a pic on Instagram of a statue of the first night owl with the statement day one in what looked like a writer's room. So I'm not sure if it's like the same statue of the night owl from the Zack Snyder film, but it it very well could be, could have been using that same prop. But anyway, Variety, they reported the very next day, quote, Watchmen pilot from Damon Lindelof ordered by HBO. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. And I don't think he's going to follow the Snyder stuff, right? He's going to start from the ground up again, isn't he? Those details haven't been, you know, they haven't come out. Damon, I don't, as far as I know, Damon Lindelof has not come out and said, like, what direction he's going to take it in. But I happen to agree with you that, you know, it's not going to be, you know, what Snyder did. I mean, Snyder... I, I think he's going to be doing a lot of different character episodes too, right? Oh yeah, that's the that's the Lindelof thing. I mean, from Lost to Leftovers, yeah. it's all about a giant ensemble cast, and then having episodes centric to each character. Right, exactly. I feel like that's what he's going to be doing here with this series. Um, Frank, are you looking? Did you watch Watchmen? No, I still need to watch that. Yeah, who watches the Watchmen? Not Frank. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, Jake, I, you're split, man. You gotta be. I know you love Damon Lindelof. Yeah, but, but I, I know the property. Yeah, could but could Damon Lindelof turn it into something that you love? Yeah, uh, very possibly. It could give me a new appreciation for it. Um, I don't think I don't think Lindelof is gonna be like a hundred percent faithful. I mean, at this point, Alan Moore. Like, no matter what you you do, you're going to piss him off. So I think Lindelof's going to take some liberties here. And I, he's going to have to, to uh, develop hour-long episodes based on each character, I think, from the ground up. Like, add some new material to what we've seen. I, I think most of it will be new material, honestly. I don't think he's going to do a uh, page-by-page adaptation of the comic book by any means here. No, I think he's going to take so it. I, I'm think, excited. I think there'll be bullet points, though, from, like, the... Uh... You know, from the from the from the comics, and uh, it, you know, I think he'll try to hit those some, like a lot of those things. It's just you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of different like filler and things like that that he wants to add to it to make it his own. Uh, more yeah, like I, a, I think I think I'll modernize it a lot too. Modern, as far as the the setting, the year. Yeah, I, I think I think it might be a modern take. Really. 
yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, that would be a big way to differentiate it between what has already been done. Yeah, that would be. I, I just, I, I, I enjoy the 80s setting. So that's, I, me as a fan, I'm hoping that we're back in the 80s. And I hope, you know, and I wouldn't be opposed to going back and doing a lot of stuff with, like, the the original Watchmen, you know, um, some, like the original Silk Spectre and, uh, and things like that. That would be cool, you know. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, it's HBO. It's Damon Lindelof. And it's, it's a franchise. It's a, it's, it's a property that I, I love, that I hold dear. So I'm... I'm probably gonna do a Watchmen podcast. It's uh I can't see myself not doing one. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely majorly set up for that. Yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty damn excited too. I mean, this could do for comic book shows what Game of Thrones did for fantasy, where you get people that don't normally watch your atypical comic book show to watch this. You know, you think it's gonna have a bigger audience than The Leftovers? Yeah, well, that's not saying much. Yes, I think more than 14 people will watch this. Yeah. It's a shame, though. Because, like, I, I love The Leftovers, and I thought it was fantastic. Oh, yeah, me too. It's one of my favorite shows in the last decade. Yeah, really good. So, yeah, excited about this. Hope new details come out. Somebody interview Damon Lindelof quickly. I want to know what's going on with this thing, where he's going to take it. Matthew Vaughn talked with Collider's Steve Weintraub, and he asked Vaughn if he were to direct a Superman movie. What would his what would his uh, vision entail? And Matthew Vaughn said, weirdly, if I did do Superman and I made the mistake of telling someone yesterday I've spoken about it and then wallop, I think my main take would be it's really boring, but it's really boring. But make a Superman film. I just don't feel a proper Superman. I, I think Donner did it to perfection that time. Just doing the modern, I want to do a modern version of, Do- of the Donner version. Go back to the source material. For me, Superman is color, feel good, heroic. He's a beacon of light in darkness. And I think that's what Superman should be. So, uh, I like Definitely it. like those comments. Yeah, I love those comments. Yeah, it's everything Superman hasn't been for the last few movies, so yeah. it would be nice to see a return to form, you know? But is he going to work with, I mean, are they going to go under this new DC banner? Are we going to get a different Superman? We're getting a different Joker. Um, are we going to get a different banner here for his film? Is he going to want to be working outside of the DCEU and do something completely different with the character and not work with Henry Cavill as his actor? Are we going to have now articles about Henry Cavill is, like, upset that they've cast the new Superman? I mean, is that where we're going with this? I don't know. A lot of people argue that Cavill could handle doing the classic take on Superman and that none of this has been Cavill's fault. Like, I've been someone that's kind of hated on Cavill throughout all of this. But, you know, I'd be willing to roll the dice and see if that's not the case. Yeah, he can be charming. I mean, uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I, I just want a good Superman film. Like I loved Man of Steel. I liked the setup. I thought that that story was necessary to tell. I thought it was a cool take. But I felt like after that movie, we should have got a Superman that was a little bit more uh, colorful. And uh, plenty of times in in uh, in Batman v Superman, he could have he could have been that you know uh, Donner Superman. 
And yeah, he was too busy getting it on with Lois Lane the whole time. Exactly. I had a huge problem with that. There were so many times in that movie where he was doing heroic things, but it was more about like the the brooding badass imagery of this, uh, you know, dark, misunderstood Superman instead of like mm. Superman taking the time to make the people of Metropolis and the people of the world feel like, you know, special. <laughs> it just didn't get that. You know, you mentioned before, Brian, about how in the court scene, when he had an opportunity to actually speak his mind, they cut him off right before he could talk with that explosion. <laughs> right. We, I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to get there. Say, we're going to get to see Superman actually say something. And then, boom, the whole fucking place explodes. <laughs> I'm like, are you? Yeah, well, that, yeah. I mean, that's what do you expect? That's Zack Snyder for you. You're going to get some explosions. You know, it's like I love it when uh, in the Donner film where he's, he's talking to Lois in the interview and she's like, you know, she, she's 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 interviewing him. And, and he says, I stand for truth, justice and the American way. And it's simple. And, and, and yeah, it's it's a little bit, you know, like in today's world, like it, it may sound silly to say that. But that's a little cornball. Little cornball, but that's fucking Superman. And it still gets me when I watch those movies. And I, I want to go back to that. That's the Superman that I want. Maybe I do want a little bit of the Boy Scout, you know? I mean, we're seeing it with Chris Evans and Captain America. And it's sad that we're seeing, like, a better version of Superman in the Marvel films than we are in the DC films. Well, Wonder Woman's even carrying that mantle right yeah. now yeah. after the movie earlier this year. Big time. Big time. Uh, Justin Kroll from Variety tweeted this about the Joker origin film. Here the Joker script will be turned in by next week. Super fast, considering when announcement went out, bodes well for 2018 shoot. This is happening. Does not bode well for a good movie. Eh, You never know. Some of the best movies are done by one writer who pumps it out. And, like, I don't think time has anything to do with it if, I mean, I'm not saying that this movie is going to be great, but sometimes some of the best movies are written under the most quickest circumstances. Yeah, I get it, but not with the other surrounding issues that DC has, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think this movie's written to be part of any shared universe either. So if, if the writer really does have a really good creative idea, that, that's not going to impede or block him either. Yeah, I think I would have. A- Go ahead. I would have a really hard time at this point believing that there's not going to be some nod somewhere to something else in that movie. I don't think they can keep their hands off it. They're going to want to pump something else. What do you mean something else? Something else. Elaborate on that a little bit more. They, They would probably have something in there about an expansion of that universe or sequels of that, even if they don't share anything else in the DCEU so far. I, I don't think they're going to want that to be a one-and-done movie. They're going to slap something in there to where, oh, is there's going to be a sequel something. Yeah, Joker 2 is not enough. I, I, I just something tells me that it's it would have to be more than that. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. That would be acceptable and understandable, but I, I just think they'll use it as another opportunity to try to expand the brand. Yeah, for me, I yeah. for me, the whole idea is unacceptable. A Joker origin story. Stop right there. I'm done. I'm out. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm done arguing this and playing devil's advocate because I. It's it is at the end of the day. Yes, it's the Joker origin movie that I don't really give <laughs> that, shits about. Yeah, that's where I stop. <laughs> that's where I stop. I mean, we can talk all day about like, man. You know, what, what if it has a great story? What if this, what, what, you know, Scorsese, uh, Leo, what, uh, yeah. I mean, 
it just all goes back to me. For me, a Joker origin story is not the movie I want to see. If you're going to do, if you're going to have an Elseworld story or make movies under a different banner in DC, it should be let's let's do let's do a different let's do let's do a different film. Let's do like New Frontier. Let's do Red Sun. Let's do something different. Yeah, I'd really be all about the Red Sun. I think that that'd be a really great way to do a Superman movie. Yeah, let's give Matthew Vaughn Red Sun. How about let's do that? Yeah, exactly. It was written by Mark Miller, and yeah. you know Matt Vaughn and Mark Miller have a really great relationship too. Yeah, yeah, great point. Um, it sounds like in this interview with Wired, Zack Snyder has directed his last DCEU film with the Justice League. Here's a bit from that article. But what about the Justice League? He left his superhero team up in capable hands when Whedon took over. But is he still involved, at least seeing it through? Not really. Snyder says, quote, unfair. It would be unfair in a lot of ways for him to get involved again after being off the movie for so long. Quote, I'm at a place where I feel excited about it, and I'm happy for my guys, and I love these people that are working on it, and they're my family, and I think they're doing an amazing job. But I've kind of just let them do their thing. Like, guys, we already know that he said he's not going to be doing any press on this as well. So it seems like the bulk of the press is probably going to go to Whedon. Yeah, which makes sense. So I I think it would be a bad, bad look on Zack Snyder to do press anyway for the reasons that he left in the first place. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good good point. Um, He did do the short film, though, recently. That I talked about. Yeah, I thought that was a bad look on him too. Yeah, it's a short film that he did. He he filmed most of it on an iPhone, and it's called Snow Steam Iron. And Zach says this is what he said. He said it was very cathartic to do this. So I'm, you know, after the death of his daughter, I'm sure, you know, I guess he said it was a very cathartic process. So. Um, it's believed, though, that Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder are going to stay on as producers for the, these DCEU movies. But from what it sounds like, it sounds like he is done and he won't direct for uh, DC, the DCEU. Like, he might direct another Warner Brothers film, but it looks like he's out as far as the DCEU is concerned. Yeah. Uh, creatively, he's probably a little bit done anyway. He probably wants to move on. Yeah. Deadline had an article about Gal Gadot uh, being in talks to join Bradley Cooper for a film titled Deeper. It's not a porno. It's also not a. Whoa. It's also not a headphone from Studio Sweden. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you might need some regents. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the movie Deeper. Actually, I, just, I want to point this out. It's been written by Max Landis. Oh, there you go. Well, I mean, that's a that's that's still a that's still a coin coin flip. Uh, yeah, I know he did the Frankenstein movie, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but I loved uh, I loved I was a big fan of American Ultra, and uh, of course I loved Chronicle. I don't know, but we'll yeah. see what he does with American Werewolf in uh, Paris because John Landis, his father, said he doesn't want him to do it, and he's doing it anyway. I really need to watch uh, Dirk Gently. Yeah, it's all uh, it's all on Netflix, I think now. Netflix or no, it's on Hulu. I think it's on Hulu. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things, and I know he was heavily involved with that too. Yeah, it's all on Hulu. Um, deeper, if you guys want to know what it's about, before I get to the actual DC shit, it's uh, a disgraced astronaut embarks on a mission to reach the bottom of a newly discovered oceanic trench, theorized to be the lowest point on Earth. He encounters increasing level of danger. 
and soon finds himself in a psychological fight against mysterious forces. So, sounds interesting. Uh, the <laughs> ocean is scary, man. Yeah. It's like that last place that we haven't discovered, like, pretty much everything. And it can feel claustrophobic being down in the ocean. That's what I love about The Abyss. That movie is fantastic. So. Oh, yeah. That's a fantastic James Cameron movie. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. In the article, though, in the final paragraph, it says, Gal Gadot is riding high after starring in Wonder Woman. She will reprise in the Patty Jenkins-directed sequel and... DC spinoffs, including the Justice League films and the spinoff for The Flash. Wow! All right, so that, that makes sense. I would I would put her as your freaking lead character at this point in these movies too. I think that's the smart choice. She's yeah, definitely the that. flagship at this point. I don't like this. It's not really? that I don't. No, I don't like this. It all goes back to like. Uh, for the same reasons that we were upset with all the cameos that we got in Batman v Superman and and, the, mm-hmm. and uh, you know like the Suicide Squad, you know like we're we're all we're all bitching about not all of us but some of us there was a group of us that were bitching about like can't they just make a Suicide Squad and not throw in Batman just to get more people in the seats and I love Gal Gadot don't get me wrong here but when I go to see a Flash movie I want to see a Flash movie I just want to see the Flash. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, just your point. I want to see the Flash versus the Rogues. That's what I want to see. I don't need to see Wonder Woman pop up just so they, just because they know now that she's like the, uh, she's the poster child for this fucking franchise. Deservedly yeah. so. Deservedly so. And I know not everybody loved Wonder Woman, but the majority of people did. And I mean, it's the second highest grossing comic book movie of the year. Blew my mind mm-hmm. to find out today that. Spider-Man Homecoming is now the number one because I, apparently it didn't like play in Japan until later and then other countries. Oh, and wow. It's made a shit ton of money since. So, But uh, yeah, it's the second highest grossing comic book movie of the year. And she's, 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 she's awesome in that movie, in my opinion. I loved her. And but, uh, Do you see what I'm saying, Jake? Yeah, I do. I do. It's the same force-fed stuff that we definitely complained about. Um, yeah, I don't want it. I don't. I wish they would let each movie breathe on its own and stop trying to cram the most popular thing into each one of them. Yeah. But I definitely see where they're coming from. Like, if I have to choose between it's Batman or Wonder Woman crammed down my throat, at this point, I want Wonder Woman. Yeah, but if they're, you know, if I don't have to choose, well, <laughs> between those two things, <laughs> I, I would just want. I would just want a Flash movie, man. No, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It'd be nice to just let the Flash movie breathe on its own. Yeah. Just let, the, just let the Green Lantern movie breathe on its own. Maybe have Aquaman be like 50% Wonder Woman. <laughs> God. Yeah. I, okay. All right. You got me. I, I like that. <laughs> so maybe that one might need the help. I like that. That's good. That's smart. That's just smart business, man. Uh. <laughs> Exactly. So, but other than that, yeah, let these movies be about the individual characters. That's what made Avengers such the hit that it was. Yeah. I mean, yes, they did their shilling, but they didn't even know that that was even going to mean anything for those first three, four movies. Like, yeah. They were just having after credits fun. Yeah. Is the Flash movie so, going to take place before or after the Justice League? Um, after. 
So no origin story for the Flash. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'll flashback. all be flashback, maybe. Ah, pun intended, eh? Let's <laughs> nah. you. Uh, a flashback. You witty. A flash flashback. <laughs> you witty <laughs> son of a bitch. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I can see flashbacks. Do we, do, do audiences, I mean, it makes more sense to do like a flashback for the, for the Flash's origin than it does like seeing Bruce Wayne's parents die for like the 15th millionth time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think it also makes sense to see Flash as a character moving forward from Justice League. Right. Just knowing that it seems like it's the first time that he's really doing anything heroic to begin with. Yeah. I don't really find much interest in a Flash movie where he's doing zero heroic things. Yeah. That's so a really good like, point. I feel like just with that knowledge, we have to move past Justice League. Okay. And so it's not fun anymore to watch like a superhero like learn about his powers? It is fun, but not for the whole two hours. And it, it doesn't, I don't know, it just feels like from what we know about what's going on in Justice League, he hasn't really fought a villain of, like, with powers, a power set or anything. Yeah. He's just been, like, fucking around and stopping crimes. Like, I think, unfortunately, Batman v Superman has already kind of covered the him discovering, discovering his powers, um, along with Suicide Squad and what we're going to see here in Justice League. So I think that's already their ham-fisted way of showing you this character discover his powers. We've seen him in a convenience store, you know, stop a one criminal. And we've heard him talk about it, like, in the trailers, I guess, about him getting – I think it was maybe his conversation with Bruce. Maybe they talked about it a little bit. I don't know if they talk about, like, the the the, the, the lightning storm or whatever. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I – I, it, so you're saying like the rogues gallery hasn't been set up yet. That's something that we're going to yeah. see possibly. Yeah, I, I agree. I honestly wouldn't be shocked if we don't see the Flash origin happen in the Justice League movie. Like I, to me, that's what I expected. Hmm. So I, I can't imagine we're gonna like not show that. I mean, we've already had the weirdo Flash scene in Justice League where he's traveling through time. Or not in, just, in Batman v Superman when he talks to Batman in the Batman like fever dream stuff. If you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. I just I don't know where we'd get that in Justice League. You know, I mean, I guess I don't know. Like if if they do that, then it seems like they're gonna have to do origin stories for all of them. You know, like uh, yeah, I, all of them is just two people, right? It's just Aquaman and Flash, Cyborg. Oh, Cyborg too. We're definitely getting the Cyborg origin. Well, like that, that's the most we guaranteed saw, locked one. We saw more of his origin than in Batman v Superman than we did the Flash. I mean, we saw like we saw the mother box and we saw his dad trying to to save yeah, him. Yeah. I, I can't do it. I gotta now. I gotta open up this mother box and instead of like nanobite technology, it was the the mother box that that brought back you know his son. So I I don't know, man. I don't know. And I, Aquaman's origin is basically just a sentence or two, and you're good to go, right? I mean, there's no, like, it's not hard to get on board with what's going on there. This guy is, you know, born in Atlantis, and he's, you know, a royalty, the end, the origin. Yeah, but I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like that would be safe for the Aquaman film. Like, it just yeah, makes exactly. sense there. But you're, so, so they would show us the Flash origin in the Justice League, but we're not going to get Aquaman's origin in the... Justice League. I don't know, man. I, I will have to wait and see. I'm kind of. 
may, maybe they feel com- maybe they're done with origin stories. Like they feel confident, like you know, enough people watch the CW know where the Flash came from, or maybe it'll just be like a quick throwaway line. Like I was in a lab, I get I got hit by lightning. I'm the Flash now. Yeah, maybe they'll just have a bunch of cheeky flashbacks throughout the movie. You know, yeah. flashbacks within flashbacks. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we shall see. So, I don't know, man. But uh, I mean, who knows? Stylistically, I think this movie is going to be all over the place with the combined powers of Whedon and Snyder. First movie, first Flash movie. Is it going to be the Rogues Gallery? Or is it going to just be him versus a speedster? Um, it's going to be him versus another speedster. Uh, I want Rogues Gallery. I want like, you know. Captain Killer Cold. Frost. Captain Cold. Captain Cold. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. It could be. But I, I think it'll just be, I think him versus another. It's speed versus speed. No, I get it. Go. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. I just tell you, like, what I want. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, looks like Justice League got test screenings. There's a, te- oh, a, huh. a test screening, excuse me. And it, it took place on September 19th. How'd that go? Uh, Batman, uh, Batman tweeted this, spoke to three people who attended the Justice League test screening. They loved it. Epic. One person didn't like BVS or Suicide Squad, but loved Justice League. So I, I, I've heard, I've heard reports of this, and I've also heard reports of people saying it's just fine. So, um, but you know, Batman News, they, they reached out to three people that have seen it. And uh, one person called it epic, and I thought it was one. It, it, it was interesting that one person that didn't like Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad still loved this movie. So I, I don't know, man. I, that, gives, I, that gives me hope, a little bit of hope. That's it? a good, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know, man. I'm still I'm still kind of like out on this because, like, from the trailers, you know. I'm pissed off at Aquaman. This is this is get down to it, man. That's just like yeah. It looks like yeah. It it looks like the worst portrayal of Aquaman ever. I'm sorry. He, he's a dude, bro. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It is terrible. He's surfing yeah, I can't get behind that. Surfing on a parademon down a building. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, it looks like it might as well be Escape from L.A. Is that going to be like a level on the Justice League video game where you're like Aquaman surfing on a parademon? <laughs> I hate to confess this, but I've been playing the uh, iPhone app version of that game the entire time we've been podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> That's why your internet cut out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get it. Hey, so you took a break from Hearthstone to like surf on a fucking parademon. Oh, man, this Aquaman Parademon app is so much fun. It's one of those, like, you know, where it, you, it moves you forward automatically, and you just tap it to jump over all the Parademons and debris and everything going on. How many... It's uh, like Mario Run. How yeah. many How many beers have you chugged? Oh, man, countless. Okay. What, countless. What, the, what does this Aquaman drink? Does he drink Natty Ice, or is he drinking the Keystone Light? I think it's now. I think Natty Ice. I think this Aquaman does not care about quality and only wants quantity. Frank, so he's not it, I think he's going from Milwaukee's Beast. Oh, he's going the Beast, Frank. <laughs> I, I'm siding with you, Frank. He's drinking Milwaukee's best. He's drinking the Beast. <laughs> he don't give a fuck. He just wants to exactly. get exactly cheap. <laughs> he just wants to get fucked up. <laughs> oh man, they should have got like Stone Cold Steve Austin to play Aquaman if they were going. <laughs> oh my gosh. They, they might as well, right? You know, same thing. Oh my gosh. Jeez. <laughs> oh, 
So got, yeah, this is not going to be cool. Uh, <laughs> no, they should have just got Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> just make it as trashy as fucking blonde. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you could have Queen Mira be the Cash Me Outside girl. <laughs> <laughs> Cash Me Outside, how about that, Aquaman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on and yeah, let's move out of redneck news. <laughs> let's go to Star Wars. All right, we got news. some civilized news. Yeah, we got Star. Yeah, Star Wars news. There we go. Star Wars news. Where are you? There you are. God, what am I saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. Impossible. Guess who's coming back to the Star Wars universe? Well, guess what actor? Ah, uh, Ewan McGregor? Warwick Davis. Oh, I, he never left. I know, but he's coming back. <laughs> he never left. He's been hiding on set this entire time. Is that a short, per- short person joke, a little person joke? It was not meant to be, but I guess now it could be um, <laughs> construed that way. All right. Yeah, okay. Warwick it Davis. Wasn't, it, yeah? I wasn't intending it to be, though. I was more commenting on the fact that he's he's just in every freaking movie. Like, I'm pretty sure he was in Rogue One, too, right? Yeah, I think he was. Are you saying that Warwick Davis has got nothing to do but just hang out on uh, Lucasfilm <laughs> sets all day? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. That was the joke. Not that he was short. Uh, I thought you meant like nobody could see him. He's just been hiding there the whole time. Like they thought he was. Yeah, a, they thought he was a they prop. Him in. <laughs> they were like, "What's that? Is that a prop? What is that?" <laughs> oh crap! It's Warwick Davis. Oh, hey, you want to be in the movie? <laughs> hey, fuck it. You're here. Let's do this. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> he wasn't Rogue One. Anyway, uh, according to MakingStarWars.net. In the Han Solo film, he's going to be playing a robot called Fight Droid 2. Fight Droid 2? Yeah. All right. Sounds like, doesn't that sound like a direct-to-video fucking movie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fight <laughs> and, Droid 2. And then you're like... I'd kind of like to see Fight Droid 1. Yeah, that's, that's my question. Like, why didn't I hear about Fight Droid? Why am I only hearing about... Yeah. Why am I only hearing about Fight Droid 2? Yeah, I don't know. I, that's shady. I think I'm going to skip on that one. What's that one movie? Nobody talks about the first one. Uh, Electric Boogaloo 2. What's that, what's that movie? <laughs> Electric Boogaloo 2. Oh, I forget what that is. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, God. I forget what that is. <laughs> that would be so stupid. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, think it was on, like, I think it was on, like, Cinemax for, like, ten years straight. <laughs> Every time I turned on Cinemax, there was like a 50% chance that they were playing that fucking thing in the late 80s or early 90s. Uh, I'm looking it up. <laughs> we gotta know. Breaking. Breaking 2. Electric Boogaloo. Break. Boogaloo? Boogaloo. Yep. Boogaloo. Breaking yeah. 2. Breaking 2. There was a Breaking 1. There yeah. really was. Anyway, he's gonna be, <clears throat> he's gonna be a robot. Fight Droid 2. And rumor has it Warwick Davis, this is from uh, Making Star Wars Dead Net. Rumor has it that Warwick Davis is playing a power droid called Fight Droid 2. Fight Droid 2 is a new take on a familiar power droid aesthetic. 
The spin on the Power Droid is way cooler than the box with legs Kenner sold us as little kids in the late 70s and early 80s. He's not like any Power Droid, uh, Power Droid we've seen on screen before. Um, Fight Droid 2 is decked out with weapons like a chainsaw and a buzzsaw blade for his, uh, for hands. One source jokingly called him the Boba Fett of awesome yet lame robots because his utility is killer and he's perfectly absurd and entirely Star Wars. So, yeah. Buzzsaw for hands, sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like you're not going to be able to know it's Warwick Davis at all with all that get up. That's true. That is true. I wonder if he was just on set hanging out the whole time carrying a couple of bus saws and they were like, ah. Got yeah. an idea for this guy. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that was a shitty joke. Um, Mark, Mark Hamill was tweeted by a fan. Uh, Mark, Mark Hamill was tweeted by a fan that said, um, Today is a great day to release the new Star Wars, uh, the new trailer for Star Wars The Last Jedi. And then Mark Hamill responded, watch Monday Night Football on Monday, October 9th for no reason in particular. And then the tweet was removed. That's awesome. That's cool. So So. around Monday, October 9th, we're going to be getting... They're going to be dropping this online, and then we're going to see it on Monday Night Football, which makes it—it it might be football first. For episode seven, they made us watch that fucking football game. Really? Is that how it happened? Yeah. Remember, we were all watching the football game. Like when is, Twitter was going crazy, it was hilarious. There was all the oh, jokes yeah. about That's nerds right. watching football for yeah. the first time ever. That's and- right. Yeah. So it probably will be on Monday Night Football on Monday, uh, Monday October ninth. So. The tweet got removed immediately after that, so maybe it's not finalized, but that's probably what that's what's going to happen. Oh, man. Great. So now I have to watch football for the second time ever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, it's usually – it's either Kimmel or Monday Night Football now, so I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man, I like it when it's like Kimmel more because then I get like a band and some monologue jokes. Right. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> All right, next story. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on, Creepy? What's going on, Creepy McGee? Probably the probably the four year old stomping upstairs. I heard her yelling back there. (laughs) That sounded like a rocking chair. Can you tell her to stop being four? (laughs) She just got four. (laughs) Yeah, let's fast forward to eight. Right. No, I've got one that's 13. Like, anywhere from the range of 4 to 8 is cool, because they mostly listen. Next Star Wars... Fuck this episode. <laughs> Jesus. Are people eating porgs in The Last Jedi? <laughs> are people or just anything in general? Are people eating porgs? Are, are porgs Are porgs food? Are aliens, are creatures eating porgs? Are porgs, are porgs edible in The Last Jedi? <laughs> Uh, yeah, high high chance of that, I think. Star Wars Made Easy, which came out in the journey to Star Wars, The Last Jedi line, has info about the Porgs and other new characters, the Caretakers. They're the ones, those characters that are compared to nuns who help take care of the island of Octu. Yeah, the dumb names. In a section of the kids' book called Luke's Island Highlights, it says... Quote, 
small bird-like porgs are the island's most adorable inhabitants. Cute? Definitely. Tasty? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Then somebody on Reddit posted a picture of the book where you see a caretaker who looks to be playing some sort of a bagpipe that looks like a fish, while another caretaker is holding a net to perhaps catch one of these porgs that are in a tree above them. So do they like do the porgs like music? So like they they listen they relax while they're listening to music and then like one of these caretakers like captures them and then like stabs them in the fucking neck and eats them? Yeah, I, I buy that. That that would explain why Chewie is so protective of them and all the stuff we've seen. We're gonna see this in the movie, Jake. Kids are gonna be like, Oh my god, I love these porgs. These are the feathered minions of Star Wars. I love them. Oh my god. And then all of a sudden we're gonna see a caretaker just chow down on one of them. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been hoping there was gonna be some kind of like twist to these porgs all along, honestly. Like either that the porgs themselves were going to have some kind of violent tendencies that we didn't know about yet, or like something like like what you're describing could also be the trick where it's like, oh, look how cute and lovable they are, and now watch them get destroyed and eaten. <laughs> That's so, fucked up. I think like a Ryan Johnson aphrodisiac. <laughs> I think Ryan Johnson is a smart enough guy to play in that kind of meta world where you're doing the brand new cute Star Wars character. And then look at what we're going to do to it now. Let me, so I, I really would not be too surprised if we see some far-fetched horde destruction. I mean, we saw Ewoks die, you know, <coughs> in Return of the Jedi. But um, they were fighting a battle against stormtroopers. In this, you just got porks chilling in a tree listening to fucking smooth jazz by a caretaker. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're netted and gutted and eaten. Eaten. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, don't, you know, I don't yeah i know yeah I, I, I fucked up my word there but you know i uh i don't i don't know man i don't know about ryan johnson being smart and eating people eating porgs i don't know man i don't know if kids yeah, are, kids are gonna like that i don't know man pork the yeah. other white meat i i, I was before hearing this stuff, I was leaning more towards they would probably just make the porgs, like, have very violent moments unexpectedly. Well, there was the rumor. There was the rumor for a long time. That I don't know if it's been debunked, and it hasn't been talked about. But making Star Wars that net had heard an early rumor, and maybe this was, like, concept art, and maybe it's been, like, maybe they threw it to the side and they're not going to use it. But I heard there was a – they had the idea at one time that these porgs were going to have sharp teeth. Yeah, I'd heard that too. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with these porgs. I think there's going to be some something else beyond the surface that we haven't seen though. Hmm. Think you're going to have a chef that's going to make you some porg cutlets, pork chops. There you go. Pork chops, pork and beans, porgs and beans. <laughs> I fucking hate these things already. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm getting burnt out on the old porgs. <coughs> but, you know, the thing is, it's like, I don't know if I want to see a scene. Caretakers catching these things and eating them. I mean, it's just a classic. Think of, like, the old Star Wars movies where it's just, like, even, like, in Return of the Jedi, yeah. there's, like, the exterior shot where it's just a creature eating the other creature. I think it'll be cut- a scene of, like, them trying to catch one. 
And just like in the last movie, like when like uh, that alien caught BB-8, Ray came and rescued him. I think it'll be the same thing here. Like a, one of these caretakers will like net one of these porgs, and then Chewie will step in and intervene. <laughs> I think it's going to get full on munched down. You think there's going to mm-hmm. be pork blood all over the fucking place? Yeah, it's going to be like The Exorcist. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> They're going to be stabbing this thing in the vagina with a cross. Oh, my God. Jesus. That's terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, just wait and see. I hope everyone out there is listening to this on Studio Sweden headphones. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Oh, that wasn't ham-fisted in any way whatsoever. <laughs> Shut up, man. I, that was extra. I was only told that I had to read something pre-show and then mid-show. So this is extra uh, for Studio. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Free of charge. Yeah. Remember, go to studiosweden.com, type in the code POPCULTURE15 for 15% off. <laughs> POPCULTURE15. That's a good one. Good code. Did you come up with the code? No, no. They didn't ask me what the code would be. Mm. So... They just, I see how it is. Yeah, they didn't give me the choice. One Up Box gave me the choice. They were like, "What do you want the code to be?" And I just told them, "Whatever you guys come up with." Yeah. Oh man, we need to get. To, I want to get those six One Up Boxes you have. Oh, I opened them up. I got bored. I got drunk one night and opened them. Yeah, did you get any dorbs? Yeah, I got one dorb. Oh, uh, what was it? Fuck, I don't know. It's a dorb. Oh. Uh, oh uh, yeah, I want that. I want that mofo. Oh God, grow a dick. Anyway. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, I'll give it to you, Jake. Not the not, not not the dick. I'll the the door. <laughs> the door. The door. <laughs> I, I want that. I want that more anyway. <laughs> oh, that hurts a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, that no. That hashtag. I thought we were, thought we were done with that. <laughs> <laughs> that this show sucks. <laughs> That hashtag show is reporting that Darth Vader will show up in the Han Solo film. Yeah, why not? He's like the he's like the regular Wonder Woman of I'm the not, Star Wars universe, I'm right? Not, yeah, I'm not buying it. Put him in everything. I'm not buying it. The rumor comes from that hashtag show. These guys, I'm sure they're passionate fans about all these all this stuff that we talk about, but these guys don't have a good track record, in my opinion. They reported. That Captain America would die in Civil War. They also reported that there were three death shots for Civil War, but only as misdirection. They shot three death shots in Civil War for misdirection, and only one would be used for either Scarlet Witch, Falcon, or War Machine, and none of them died in that film. No no death. So I don't know if they're, uh, I don't know if they're Star Wars sources are any better than their marvel sources but i would hope that they would be but i don't i think i think eventually they will guess something correct (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna be glass half full (laughs) that's not the story here jake (laughs) it should be though right oh my god that's hilarious I don't know. Yeah, I don't. The Darth Vader and the Han Solo thing. Yeah. I mean, who knows? At this point, that's what these movies are all about, right? The Star Wars story movies are all about just cramming in as many Easter eggs as possible. Yeah. So wh- why not? Do you like it? No. No. 
be Darth Vader in the Han Solo movie. He's, he, you can mention him. He can be like a presence, I guess, if we're like in that era. Like he's the big bad threat. Yeah, I don't. He shouldn't be going against Han Solo. Like his existence should make Han Solo's smuggling job harder. But he should never be like in direct contact with Han Solo. Oh man, you bring up a good point. That's how they would work him in, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They would just like quick cut shot to him, and he sends like, um, you know, some Tie Fighters out there to stop him or something. You know, stop that ship. Yeah. You know, what the fuck is that ship doing out here? Stop him, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, it's Darth Vader. We got to get out of here. Yeah. And just, a, just showing it, showing him, getting fans to cheer. Mm-hmm. Yada yada. We don't need it. I just think it's crazy. I mean, I know they got the money, but just to build another, you know, another Darth Vader suit, a different suit, just to throw him in there for like a, you know, twenty second scene. Yeah, it don't make it doesn't make any sense about why they would have to do it other than just for trying to get fan service. Yeah, they do it though. They would do it. Yeah, are I think gonna, they'll do it too. Are we gonna get the Yoda in the Last Jedi? Are we gonna get Yoda? I mean, we keep hearing like it, we can't get it confirmed. We haven't heard it confirmed, but we keep hearing about this fucking puppet. We keep hearing that there's a at Lucasfilm, Pinewood Studios. They've got they've got a new puppet that they've made. Briota, is that happening, man? I hope so. I'd like to see Yoda. Yeah, yeah I'd like to see Yoda come back too. Yeah, it'd be a Force Ghost Yoda. So yeah, I would love that. I would love Luke talking to Yoda and asking Yoda for some advice. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, the last thing. I, this is just me personally. I've uh, and I've mentioned this many. This is what I'm going to end the show on. We'll do emails next week. I got some. I got some really good emails this week, and I, I do want to read them next week. This show awesome. has just been kind of a train wreck. So, what? What, Jake? No, I said. I said that's awesome. Okay. I'm looking forward to the emails. Yeah, they're good ones. They're good ones. Um, but like I've been saying, like, and and I, and I have J.J. Abrams to actually back me up. At the end of Star Wars, The Force Awakens, when Luke sees Rey, you know, people are like, oh, does he know who this girl is? You know, and like J.J. Abrams has come out and said, like, no, this is the first time he's ever seen this girl. And that's what J.J. said. And like, I want to back up J.J., but on the flip side, that doesn't mean that Ryan Johnson didn't switch it up, switch it up when we start this new movie. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So I've been saying, crazy. yeah, go ahead. That's a crazy argument that we've had. We've had that same argument with Han and Ray too. Like, did, did Han know Ray before yeah. he saw her? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It's just one of those things where, like, for the longest time, it just I kind of like I was just sitting sitting around. You know, I was doing the Star Wars news this week, and I was just thinking about that. And I was like, you know, like Ryan Johnson wanted JJ to do a couple things for his film and and jj decided against it you know i'm sure they worked together on other things but like he he decided against a few things that you know jj didn't bend or you know for ryan so it's like ryan necessarily since it was left pretty ambiguous that ending ryan johnson can do whatever the fuck he wants to with that so it could be that Ryan Johnson's version of that story is that he does know who the girl is. So who knows, man? 
it's a very weird way to do it. Like it, it's very a uh, hand the baton off mentality rather than a, we have a end goal in sight right. type of mentality. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. It's yet to be seen. Yeah. We'll find out. Let's see here. I don't know. Do you guys want one email? No, nah, fuck the emails. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Jake's uh, done. Jake's done. Uh, this episode toasted me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Just like a fucking pork, let's put a fork in it. <laughs> nice. All right. I'm hungry, too. I'm going to go get a pork burger. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. And just like uh, all good leftovers say on the day. Yeah, well, hey, we doing, we're doing the emails next week, though. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Mm-hmm. Just like all good leftovers say on the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Oh, shit. I just hit the mic with another mic. <laughs> How I run. Uh, All right. See you next week. Later. This episode fucking sucked. Yeah, it was, it was not good. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. It's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean, erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture. Leftover. Uncool kids. What's to say? It's already been said. Leftover. Only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.